0: Good evening. We do have a quorum of the city council present. So I'd like to ask the city clerk if we are ready to start the meeting.
1: Uh, just one moment. I'm going to check the web stream just to verify, okay. and then we should be ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, sure. I just Yeah. <laughs>
3: recording in progress
1: okay mayor we can start
0: thank you good evening and I'd like to call to order the regular meeting of the Berkeley City Council for Tuesday December 6 2022 and before we proceed with the next order of business I'd like to ask the city clerk to read the or play the covid19 meeting announcement recording I in a hybrid format.
4: Pursuant to Government Code Section 54953E and the state declared emergency, this meeting will be conducted through teleconference and Zoom video conference as well as in person participation. The COVID 19 state of emergency continues to impact the ability of council members to meet safely in person and presents risks to the health of attendees. Please be mindful that this meeting may be recorded as any public meeting may be recorded and all rules of procedure and decorum apply for persons participating by teleconference, video conference, or in person. To access the meeting remotely using the internet, join from your device using the URL indicated on the agenda for this meeting. If you do not wish for your name to appear on the screen, use the drop-down menu and click on Rename to rename yourself to be anonymous. To request to speak, use the raise hand icon on the screen. To join by phone, dial the number indicated on the agenda and enter the meeting ID. If you wish to comment during the public comment portion of the agenda, press star nine and wait to be recognized by the chair. For in-person participation, proof of up-to-date COVID-19 vaccination or verified negative COVID-19 test is required. In-person attendees are required to wear a mask that covers their nose and mouth for the duration of the meeting. If you are feeling sick, please do not attend in person.
0: Thank you very much. Moving now to preliminary matters. I'd like to ask the city clerk to please call the roll. we
1: Will do. And mayor, just uh, a, a correction uh, proof of vaccination is not required at this time for attendance correct. at a person meeting. We'll correct the video uh, for next week. Uh, roll call. Uh, Council member Kesarwani. Here. Taplin. Present. Bartlett. Absent. Harrison. Here. Han. Present. Wingraf. Present. Robinson. Present. Uh Droste. Here. And Mayor Arrigan Present. Okay.
0: A form of the city council is present. Thank you very much. Moving on to the next agenda item. I will now read the land acknowledgement statement and just note that um. Several weeks ago, the Berkeley City Council adopted a policy to um, adopt a land acknowledgement statement, and we read the statement at the um, first meeting of the month. Um, And we have also encouraged other boards and commissions in the city of Berkeley to also adopt a land acknowledgement statement to recognize that we still are on the ancestral and unceded land of the Chechenya-speaking Ohlone people. So I will now read the land acknowledgement statement. The city of Berkeley recognizes that the community that we live in, was built on the territory of Huchin, the ancestral unceded land of the speaking Ohlone people, the ancestors and descendants of the sovereign Verona Band of Alameda County. This land was and continues to be of great importance to all of the Ohlone tribes and descendants of the Verona Band. As we begin our meeting tonight, we acknowledge and honor the original inhabitants of Berkeley, the documented 5,000 year history of a vibrant community at the West Berkeley Shell mound, and the Ohlone people who continue to reside in the East Bay. We recognize that Berkeley's residents have and continue to benefit from the use and occupation of this unceded stolen land since the city of Berkeley's incorporation in 1878. As stewards of the laws regulating the city of Berkeley, it is not only vital that we recognize the history of this land, but also recognize that the Ohlone people are present members of the Berkeley and other East Bay communities today. The city of Berkeley will continue to build relationships with the Lijan and other tribes to create meaningful actions that uphold the intention of this land acknowledgement. Thank you very much. So we'll now proceed to ceremonial matters. And the one order of business we have on our agenda this evening is the recognition of our outgoing colleague, Lori Drosti. And it's with great sadness um, that we say goodbye today to Councilmember Drosti. But we want to express our deepest gratitude for her many years of exemplary service for the city of Berkeley. And we have a number of attendees, not just in person at the boardroom, but also on Zoom, that we will give them an opportunity to say a few words. And after that, open the floor to the city manager and uh, members of the council to to say their thanks as well. Um, So with that, I understand that we're joined this evening by Bob Gammon from the Office of State Senator Nancy Skinner. And I want to Turn the floor over to Mr. Gammon.
5: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Can everyone hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, great. Um, I'm uh Bob Gammon here on behalf of Senator Nancy Skinner. Um the Senator sends her best regards. She's in Washington, D.C. Uh Uh, for his free school meals conference at the White House, along with um, issues involving um, abortion rights and gender affirming care. Um, uh, Lori, um, the senator wanted to remind me that her nickname for you is Landside Lori for a reason. (laughs) Um, And to thank you for your uh, years of service, especially for your bold and courageous actions around housing and um, helping launch the conversation nationally around ending racist exclusionary zoning We really appreciate all the work that you've done on behalf of the city of berkeley and on behalf of the uh, senator nancy skinner congratulations on your excellent tenure
0: thank you so much mr gammon i know that we're also joined by the mayor of emeryville john bowder so i want to go to him next and then our city auditor i see a number of hands raised um, we are not yet taking public comment on non-agenda matters so I'm going to lower all the hands and ask if there are any attendees that wish to say any words of congratulations and thanks to Councilmember Drosti, please raise your hand at this time. We're only taking comments at this time as part of the recognition of Councilmember Drosti, we will take public comment on non agenda matters later. Once again, this is only public comments thanking our outgoing colleague, Lori Drosti. So um, I'm not going to now go to Mayor Bowders. I know our city auditors also um, here tonight as well.
6: Thank you, Mayor, again, and to the members of the Berkeley City Council for um, welcoming me to your meeting to briefly speak this evening. Uh, my name is John Bowders. I'm the mayor of your neighboring city to the south and a uh, friend of Berkeley's, and there has been no greater friend to the cause of housing justice in the East Bay in the last 8 years, to my knowledge um, beyond that of Lori Drosti. I'm very proud to call Lori Drosty a friend of mine. She has been a gift to those of us who serve in public office with the way she has carried herself as both a leader and as a person, um, as a person who has overcome um, adversity in her own life and has lived her life openly and authentically as an LGBTQ community member, as a fellow member of that community. I'm deeply um indebted to you lori for the way you have uh, lived your life openly authentically um, and with compassion for those who have followed us and i just want to extend my congratulations to the people of berkeley for having elected such a fine person to serve on their council for the past eight years and i wish you the very best i know that you and i will um see each other very soon and um more often than after just today but i just want to thank uh, you for your service publicly and i want to I uh, THANK THE CITY OF BERKELEY FOR BEING GREAT PARTNERS WITH THE CITY OF Emeryville, AND WISH EVERYONE A LOVELY EVENING THANK YOU MAYOR
0: THANK YOU SO MUCH MAYOR Bowders. OKAY I WANT TO TURN THE FLOOR over NOW TO OUR CITY AUDITOR WHO I BELIEVE WILL ALSO BE MAKING COMMENTS AND THEN WE'LL GO TO um, THE ATTENDEES um, IN PERSON AND THEN WE'LL GO TO THE ATTENDEES ON
7: ZOOM HELLO GOOD EVENING EVERYONE um, SO I WANTED TO SAY A FEW THINGS um, TO THANK COUNCIL MEMBER DROSTY um, for her eight years of service to the city of Berkeley. Um, there are some words that come to mind when I think about you, um, Council Member Josti. Um, you've been a translator, you've been an audit champion, and you've just been incredibly supportive to so many people. First, as a translator, um, why do I use that word? Well, I think of the numerous times that you've helped translate very complex policy issues in Berkeley, um, explain them with complete ease. I relied on this um, to really better understand the inner workings of Berkeley early on in my term, and um, I also just really appreciated you always being there to answer the many questions that I had about how Berkeley works um, and the various um, issues and topics that come up. Uh, second, uh, I just wanted to say that you've just been an incredible audit champion and you've been a great supporter of um, having an independent audit office um, and in me in that role. And I just wanted to say that um, how wonderful it is to know someone who really champions um, that kind of need for accountable and transparent information Um you know, having all of that information uh, before a meeting so that, you know, there can be robust discussions. Um, I wanna thank you for your support. um, And that it's just been an incredible pleasure to work with you. Um, And especially when you were the chair of the Budget Finance Committee, uh, I just loved nerding out with you, looking at lots and lots of data, looking at uh, uh, reports, um, and you know, whether it was looking at a budget issue or some other topic. And you know, I just saw firsthand how incredibly hard you worked day in and day out um, during that time and really during um, this last term, and all the while juggling a family. Finally, I just wanted to say how incredibly supportive you are as a person, um, both on council, and outside of Council, and I just really appreciate the positivity you've always shown towards me, the professionalism that you've shown towards others, including staff members, constituents, really anyone that um, you interact with. You bring a level-headedness um, and a caring approach to your work. I always look forward to our meetings. Um, you always make time for me, and I know that you were doing this for others as well. So I just wanna conclude by thanking you for your incredible um, service. Um, and I do wanna especially give a special thanks to your family um, because they um, were so supportive of you. You know, Time spent with us met time not spent with your family. So I really wanna lift up your family um, for all that time. So I just wanna um, say I'm gonna miss working with you And I look forward to hearing what you're going to be up to on your tweets on Tuesday nights. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Madam City Auditor. So we're now going to go to public comments from anyone who is in the boardroom at 1231 Addison Street. So if you would like to say any words of thanks, um, um, well wishes to our outgoing colleague, Lori Drosti, if you can line up on the far left side of the room, So we'll take all those those attendees in person, and then we'll go to the the uh, attendees on Zoom. And if somebody would just like to kick things off,
8: yeah. Hello, I'm Ian Monroe, a one-time Berkeley resident and a longtime worker in Lori's district. Um, Lori is always seeking and welcoming people into politics, and I, I think that's a great model for all electeds. And uh, so thanks to Lori for welcoming me and uh, so many people into California policymaking. Um, especially those of us in East Bay for everyone, and others working on housing. So, uh, yes, yeah. thank you, Mayor.
0: Thank you. Next speaker, please.
9: Uh, hello, my name is Aaron Eckhouse. It's lovely to be back at Burke meeting in person. Uh, been a little while. Um, it's also remarkable to me to, to think, uh, since I started coming to these meetings about five years ago, how much this body's attitude toward housing has grown and changed. Uh, and I think Lori's leadership has been such a central part of that. Um, so thank you, Lori, for all your leadership on housing issues in particular. I know the work that you've done on everything from parking reform to missing middle housing, ending exclusionary zoning has been an inspiration to people across the state. It's given me personally a greater hope that I might be able to find a long-term home in Berkeley. So I'm also appreciative of that. Uh, And Burke meeting is definitely going to miss you. Uh, But I hope you have a whole lot of fun on your Tuesday nights now. Uh, Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your exemplary public service. And I'm really delighted that I got the chance to meet you through all of this. Thank you very much. Next speaker, please.
10: Good evening, Mr. Mayor, council members. My name is uh, Luis Morante. I am with the Bay Area Council. Uh, where I work on housing policy, but really here in a personal capacity tonight to just thank you, Lori, for everything you've done for housing, uh, the local level and at the state level. You are really just an, a shining example of what local elected officials can and should be across California. And you have brought me so much inspiration to my work at the state level uh, on housing bills um, and just so much change, I think, to housing legislation, not just here at the Council but but at the state level as well you've really set an, an amazing progressive tone for housing uh, legislation that I I just hope you're recognized for a long time for I feel a little bad I'm wearing the wrong sweater tonight apparently but um I really wanted to come and make an appearance and and just thank you for all that hard work over the years because I know it's been really hard so thank you
0: thank you so very much uh we'll go to our next speaker in the boardroom
5: I am Tapelselt. Um I live in Susan's district, but I was born in Lori's, so I love uh you know everything that you've done. Um and uh, Lori, I mean it's been amazing, you know, watching you get so many of us engaged in civic action and you know working with the city. Um you've taught so many of us about how things actually <laughs> operate and it's been really fascinating learning about Actual legislation and legislating—you uh, know—that the council is a legislative body and watching you work with your colleagues on stage to try to get resolution to contentious issues has just been absolutely fascinating. So, I thank all the council for their willingness to put up with council meetings and our endless hours of public comment and you know eight hours, eight years of it. Uh, I—it's an enormous public uh, commitment, so I definitely appreciate it. So, thank you again.
0: Thank you so much.
11: Hi,
12: my name is Denise Montgomery, and I've had the pleasure of uh, being on the Landmarks Preservation Commission as Lori's Commissioner for District 8 the last several years. And I can't, it it seems odd that that's been a pleasure, but it has been a pleasure to work with Lori and to um, talk to her about issues and hear her wonderful Uh, insights, and uh, very open-hearted and open-minded ideas, and all with good humor, and just so smart, and I'm going to miss you, and um, I'm so happy, you know, I live in District 8, and you lived in District 8, so we'll still see each other. That's awesome, (laughs) but uh, I I really appreciate your service, not only to the citizens of Berkeley now, but um future citizens of Berkeley through your work on housing and just all that you've done so thank you and uh thank you for your service and best of luck in your future
0: thank you so much we'll go to our next speaker
4: hello
12: I wasn't planning
4: to speak tonight but how could I pass up this opportunity to fall into old habits and address the City Council um I'll be brief and just say how grateful I am Councilmember Jossie that we met For your service and everything you have done for our city and everything you've done for me to help me advance good public policy and my own career. Um, It's been a privilege and a pleasure to work with you over the years and work for you for the past year as your legislative aide. and I know you are going to continue to be a pillar of our city and our community.
1: so thank you so much.
13: Thank you.
14: Hi, everyone. It's been a while since I've been at this podium. This feels crazy. But Lori, <laughs> we're going to miss you so much. Um, I first you know, got my start in, in Berkeley government because I was an intern in your office. And I just wanted to thank you for that opportunity. And it's been such a pleasure to work with you ever since. Um, you're really an excellent council member as a former constituent. And we're just going to miss you really like a lot. And um, I look forward to, you know, still seeing you around Berkeley, I hope.
0: Thank you so very much.
15: Tom Yamaguchi of District Two. And even though I live in District Two, I do work uh, as an in-home supportive service worker at uh, Redwood Gardens, which is in District Eight. And so I sort of, in addition to having the great representation of, of Terry, I also feel that uh, you're sort of my representative too. So I just wanted to say thank you. And in addition to the Bart sweaters, I thought the radical bike lobby t shirt would represent us as well. Thanks.
0: Thank you very much. Are there any other uh, members of the public in the boardroom at 1231 Addison Street that would like to um, say any words of thanks um, to our outgoing council member? Yes, we have one more speaker.
16: Thank you uh i wanted to wish you uh good luck ms drost um i did want to point out that i heard something quite odd um i heard that you were the greatest advocate for housing justice um and i i just wanted to 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 provide a little context i think a lot of people would say that was maybe moms for housing and i'm looking at this city council meeting and i'm really surprised because i haven't been to a berkeley city council meeting in quite a while um, but in the past, when I attended, the room uh, was full of older activists of many colors. And I'm looking at this room. And I don't see a single black person. And it was interesting to see the people it, it, I'm looking could you,
0: at, ma- ma'am. Could you please stay on topic around yeah, Councilmember I'm, I'm,
16: I'm simply pointing out that we've seen a massive gentrification in Berkeley. And City Council has overseen a lot of that. And that sort of thing when you talk about housing justice and i appreciate your efforts in that regard but i think in many ways they were they were largely performative um and didn't get at the meet the issue and other issues that they came up like the leonard powell case did not get enough support from berkeley city council while you were here if margie wilkinson were here i know she would want me to speak up about this and uh and i know it doesn't make uh mayor arrogant happy that i said that but I'm looking at this room and it makes me very sad it breaks my heart I know it would break Margie's heart too
0: thank you yeah I'd like to ask in the spirit of decorum that we um certainly people have a right to express their opinion but that um the floor is really for those that want to say words of thanks and appreciation to our outgoing colleague we will take public comment on non-agenda matters thereafter Okay, Uh, Mr. Clerk, are there any other attendees in the boardroom?
1: No, that's all for in-person attendees.
0: Okay, well, we'll now go to the many people on the Zoom as well. So uh, we'll go first to Nara Dalbaca.
17: Good evening, Nara Dalbaca, former member of both District 2 and District 8. Lori and I first served together on the Commission on the Status of Women. About 10 years ago I think we were both appointed around the same time and um, I remember Lori's incredible work ethic um, most as uh, she started the first actual study on the status of women in Berkeley which I think um, was incredibly important for us to us to be looking at and I remember watching Lori and her leadership and saying to her after probably a year of service on the on the COSAO if you ever run I'm there, um, and and I was lucky enough to actually, I was living in District Two at the time, but I moved to District Eight, and I was able to then um, walk, walk precincts in that um, quite hilly neighborhood uh, <laughs> that I was renting in at the time. Um, and I wound up losing my housing um, in the district because uh, the people I, were, I was renting from moved to Texas. Um, and that was my last my last house in Berkeley, my last um, ability to live in Berkeley and um, one of the things that I really am most grateful to Lori for is um, is bringing up the issue of uh, density and growth as um, as an environmental cause as as a let's not let our our people from this area um, have to move away to unsafe areas claw. Um, cause and 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 being able to articulate it in a beautiful way and from bringing that amazing work work ethic to the city of berkeley when you could have taken it um to all kinds of places and made probably ridiculous amounts of money um instead you uh made some people mad and uh you made some people proud and uh you decided to serve publicly so thank you Lori and uh good luck
0: thank you we'll go to our next uh Attendee Kathleen Crandall, followed by Mark Hedlund.
18: Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, Lori, I just wanted to say how much I have appreciated um, you on the city council. Um, thank you for always being prepared. I, I truly look forward to uh, to working with you on this side of the bench to, um, to work, to, to, to bring more affordable housing to Berkeley. And I wish you and your beautiful family all the best. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. We'll go to Mark Headland, followed by Janice Thomas.
6: Hey, I'm Mark Headland. I'm a resident of District 8, and I just wanted to say thank you, Lori, for everything you've done for our neighborhood, your district, our city, and beyond. Um, When we moved here, I was amazed how many of our neighbors talked about you as a familiar and much admired friend. They would bring up not just like potholes, but also how proud they were to be represented by you and how much they admired your character. And as I've gotten to know you, it's been very clear why that you bring such care and commitment to the role. And I just hugely appreciate that and just wanted to say thank you. I'm home with my kids. I'm sorry that I'm not there tonight. I look forward to you being able to be home with your kids on future Tuesday evenings. Thank you so much and best wishes for the future. Thank you.
0: We'll go next to Janice Thomas. Janice Thomas, you should not be able to speak. Please unmute yourself. Uh, Janice, um, if you are able to speak, please unmute yourself. OK, we'll come back.
19: Sorry, I'm so sorry I didn't press the right button. Um, I showed up tonight to publicly express my appreciation of Councilmember Drosty's years of service to our neighborhood. I'm from the Panoramic Hill neighborhood and have been on the board of directors for the better part of 20 years. And I love my neighborhood and appreciate when someone else pitches in and makes a concrete difference in our lives. Lori Drosty did so. Panoramic Hill is a unique neighborhood, and I use that word unique intentionally. Uh, When Councilmember Drosti was first elected, I wanted her to see some of our unique wonders and unique problems. I gave her a tour, and one of the things she noticed was a utility pole leaning at about uh, a 45 degree angle, no exaggeration, at a hairpin turn. And within two days, I mean, she must have called the right person because the utility plural was replaced by PG&E. That was just the beginning. Some of our problems are fairly complex and not so straightforward. And what I've noticed about council member Drosti is that she would listen. She would hear you out and then start problem solving, which usually meant engaging city staff or whatever agency was involved. It could be the university, it could be East Bay Mud. when we were getting the water main replaced. I've seen her reach out to the police, the fire department, of course, the city manager's office. And in all instances, she has been focused on clearly communicating neutrality, while also being supportive and getting the information needed to solve the problems. Thank you, Laurie. I'll miss you and I wish you great good wishes in your undoubtedly bright future.
0: Thank you so very much. Okay, um, we're now gonna go to a very, very important person um, who is on the on our Zoom call, Carrie Gray.
20: Hello, thank you so much. Uh, good evening, council members, city staff, and citizens of Berkeley, and everyone who's listening. This is Lori's family calling in. I'm Carrie, Lori's wife. And I'm here with our kids, Simon and Cora, as well as our dog, Buster. Mary,
0: um, I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you do you want to be moved over to panelists so we can see you?
20: It's totally yeah. up to you.
0: <laughs> I don't uh, know
20: what it looks like, but we're here. It's up to you, Jesse. We're happy to do that if you'd like. I mean, Mary Aragain, we're happy to.
0: Why don't we do that so we can all see you? Um...
14: Thank you. Join as a panelist.
0: Okay, you should now be on the other side of the Zoom call. So, um, Carrie, you can turn on your camera and um, be great to see you and Simon and Cora. And you're you're uh, muted.
20: There we go. Thank you so much, Mayor Aragine. And here's Cora. She's going to start.
21: Hi, I'm
20: Cora. I am.
21: Lori daughter, and I just appreciate her because she's been my mom and a council member since I was born. And I just really love her for being like, just like part of the council member, my thing. And she's just always been looking out for citizens and other people and she brought so many things into my life um like my dog, busty he's my really <laughs> really cute dog and i just really am thanking Lori josty for being a council member and for being my
20: mom yay thank you cora um
7: did you
20: miss anything sorry
7: okay um i'd just like to thank Lori josty my mom <laughs> For being as a member and helping
22: people.
20: Yay. And I just want to say I want to acknowledge and state for the record how proud I am of who you are, Lori, the dedication, intelligence, courage, and integrity with which you serve the city of Berkeley. I love your leadership, the courage you have to think outside the box, uh, the inclusivity with which you live and the the courageous policies that you craft. I love your kindness, like how truly kind you are to so many people and your intelligence, your ability to listen and your unwavering dedication to join pragmatism with idealism and to make Berkeley a better place for all families, people of all ages and all walks of life. We're so proud to be your family, and we're grateful for the many relationships we have as a result of your hard work and authentic dedication. So thank you everyone, because this is, all of you are sacrificing to be part of city politics, city staff as well. And we're just so grateful that we have been able to support you to do the amazing work you're doing. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much. So great to see you. And um, thank you. I mean, the the sacrifice and support and commitment you provided Lori, I think has been really critical for all the really incredible work she's done. So I want to thank you also. Thank you. Okay, thank you. We're going to go now to our next speaker, Crystal Goldbranson.
2: Thank you, Mayor. Um, oh my gosh, how can I follow that act? I, uh, <laughs> as my colleague said over here, we're kind of ugly crying on that. That was awesome. And, and there's so much thanks to be given to any of our family members who support those best public policy and certainly to. Councilmember Joseph's family and for all that they've done to support her and her endeavors. You know, there's so many things I could point out from a public policy perspective that make Councilmember a Triasa to the City of Berkeley. We're a small town, um, but we have a huge magnifying glass on us. Uh, it's not nationwide, certainly, and often globally. And for her to advance things like exclusionary housing and Um, to make sure that we don't have exclusionary housing in in Berkeley moving forward and all the things that she's done for our community are beyond belief. I am so, so grateful for everything that she has done for our community. And I know often to be aligned in some perspective with landlords is never quite great. I am the executive director of the Berkeley Property Owners Association, but I have always found her to be reasonable, to be fair, to be understanding and um, someone who looks at things with an objectivity that is super important to our community. So thank you, council member Drosti. We look forward to seeing what you do in the future. And I just have to say, my colleague was texting me and she said, hey, how, how come my kids don't give me those glowing reviews? And I texted back and said, well, you have to be a council member if you wanna get those glowing reviews. So thank you very much for all your service.
0: Thank you so very much. Okay, we'll go next to uh, Savalin Hauser.
23: Goodness. Um, good evening, council members. And I just want to add to the long line of people who are thanking Lori. Thank you, Lori. I am um, uh, Lori, uh, Councilmember Drosti's uh, planning commissioner, appointed planning commissioner. And it has been um, such an honor to serve the city. And I'm grateful for Lori to bring bringing me into public participation And also giving me the the bravery and platform as a mom of toddlers, who you often hear in the background. (laughs) And I can say that I'm currently, I'm proud to be a Berkeleyan, in no small part thanks to you and really the whole council for being so collaborative. And that collaboration I think is really thanks to Laurie's spirit and of, of civic engagement and pragmatism as so many people have said. I'm just excited and proud to be a D8 uh, constituent. And my my thanks to you and gratitude for, for, for your work and bringing us all along, thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Okay, we're gonna go next to um, Nick Pilch, followed by Todd Andrew.
8: Uh, thank you very much. Uh, this is Nick Pilch, former mayor of Albany and also oh, briefly and happily a uh, resident of D8. I'm here to speak in favor of uh, in praise of Council Member Drosty, as you probably knew, know I took a shot at following in her footsteps, and one of the reasons I did so was that I am with uh, that I was and am so inspired by her strong support of housing and other issues, and I thought I might be able to continue these fights. I've invited her to the Albany Democratic Club to speak about housing and held up her action many times uh, to a number of people here as great examples of how we could support and uplift the cause of housing. I'm sure she has contributed much more as well, and I'm sorry that I have not yet been able to know her better. I'm so glad she's found someone who'll be able to carry that torch for housing and other issues. And I want to thank you, Lori, for all you have done and for your service and what you will do in the future.
0: Thank you. We'll go next to Todd Andrew, followed by Liza Lutzker.
24: I thank you, Mayor Ardegin. Lori. I can't see you. I'm looking at some emoticon or favicon or whatever you call the thing of somebody's screen who's not there. But I just love you and you know it. And um, both as a council member and as a human being. And I think Berkeley's been so lucky to have you for these last eight years, not to mention the constituents in your district and it's not just because uh, I've often agreed with um, your policy positions, but the way that you conduct yourself and I'm repeating what's been said before, but the authenticity. Um, the objectivity uh, cynicism is rampant in our society these days and public servants like you are the best antidote to that and I'm going to make. Miss- I uh, just want to thank Carrie and Cora and Simon for what they've given up of you uh, to our city as well. And best of luck. Take care. Thank you.
0: We'll go next to Liza Lutzker followed by Andrew Talbot.
25: Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, thank you so much, uh, Lori, for all you've done for Berkeley. Um, you truly are just such a smart, compassionate um, caring, wonderful person with a great sense of humor, too. Um, And I I really appreciated all you've done for everybody throughout Berkeley, not just, you know, not just focusing on those in your district. Of course, your amazing work on housing um, is just so inspirational, but also your work in uh, transportation, um, in pushing forward Vision Zero in this city and always, you know, keeping the safety of our um, folks traveling around the city, regardless of mode in mind. Um, I also just really wanna thank you as a, a, a fellow parent of someone <laughs> with kids similar age of mine, I think your perspective as a parent um, has been really valuable um, to this city and I, I appreciate it so much. Um, and, and I think it actually was responsible for collecting the single best recommendation that came out of the 2017 bike plan when I believe you went into your child's classroom and asked what could be done to make Berkeley a better city to bike, and one of the children told you to to make the streets flatter. Um, And so that really was just, you you know, it was this combination of something that you really genuinely cared about, you know, making it easier for kids and for families to be able to walk and bike to do so safely, And, you know, just again, a wonderful, caring and sense of humor that I'll appreciate and I I will um, miss so much. I hope that we get to um, see much more of each other now that you maybe will have a little more time. Um, And uh, good luck in your next steps. Thank you for everything.
0: Thank you so very much. Okay, we're going to go next to Carrie Burenbach.
26: Hi, Lori. Um, I can't believe it's been eight years. Wow. I just wanted to say a couple words. Uh, working with Lori has been a highlight of my career, not just because I think professionally she's brilliant, but also because personally she's an amazing boss and friend. Um, I was her legislative aide for seven years, I should say that. Most importantly, I think, you know, Lori doesn't take herself too seriously. She will, for example, Dress up as a bumblebee for Halloween and still meet with a government delegation from Ireland in full costume. And she's been known to cold call my parents on their anniversary and wish them well. Her sincerity and humility draw everyone in and one can't help but admire her genuine hope that everyone will read her 15 page Council reports. Throughout my time working for Lori, her ability to always see the best in people and assume their best intentions had a lasting impact on me. And I think that positivity is reflected in the work she's done and what she's accomplished. So thanks so much for everything, Lori, you will be missed.
0: Thank you so much. Okay, we'll go next to Ben Gerhardstein.
27: Good evening, council members. just want to add my heartfelt um, warm wishes for Lori's future and really thank you, Lori, for being there um, to support those of us who want to make a difference for our community. Um, I think you were probably the first council member that I sat with in an office and talked about uh, my frustrations with uh safe streets in berkeley and you know you were uh you were there to, to say yeah we can do more and i have ideas and let's work together and um and you know it's been a bunch of years now and we have made a difference and you have um cultivated a a growing movement for uh you know safe streets and um and and a and a, and a, and a bright and a brighter future in berkeley um Thanks for showing us the ropes um, and uh, know that you will be missed and I'm looking forward to working with uh, with Mark moving forward and I know um, that he'll carry on your excellent legacy. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you. We'll go next to the caller with the number ending 545. Please press star six to unmute.
11: Hello. Yes. Hello. Hi, uh, this is Barnali calling in. Um, I want to express my appreciation for Councilmember Drosti. I want to share a quick story. Um, in 2016, in the days after the Trump election, as uh, South Asian community activists, Anirvan and myself, we kept hearing public people publicly share or privately disclose hate incidents to us. We heard from Middle Eastern Berkeley store owner whose own customers were harassing him. We heard from a woman um, and her child who were physically attacked on San Pablo Avenue by someone telling her to go back to her own country, I'm going to kill you. We had friends staying off main streets to avoid trouble, and we needed our city to pay attention and stand up for us. Uh, I wasn't in the country at that time, but Anirvan cold emailed the mayor and council saying this is what is happening. And Councilmember Drosti responded immediately, saying, here's my number, what can I do? We didn't hear back from most electives, but Lori stepped up immediately and concretely. Um, She pushed for a city resolution. She had her office fund community-based interventions. She helped connect us to business districts whose members could serve as safe spaces and eyes on the streets. We weren't even her constituents. She may not have had an idea who we were. But she was a member of council and she stepped up immediately during a moment of crisis. Um, that's who she is behind the scenes when no one's watching. So thank you so much, Lori, from both of us, from me and Anirvan, who wishes he could have been here but uh, had another meeting yet to go to. But from both of us, thank you for your years of service to our city and we're really going to miss you so much. And I just want to do say, like many other people, uh, I, I love your spirit and your patience and your good humor in the way you take on um, these issues. And um, it always inspires me when I'm in meetings myself. Um, Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: We'll go next to Nico Nagel, followed by Ray Yep. Hi there,
28: apologies. Um, Nico Nagel speaking, um, as both individually and, uh, on behalf of the housing action coalition, um, I, I think folks have said a lot of nice things, um, and, and definitely extremely well-deserved, um, but, but wanted to. To take the opportunity to, to thank council member Drosti for, um, lots of fantastic work leading Berkeley, the Berkeley city council, the Bay area on um, fantastic housing work, um, but also going about it in a way that, as other folks have said, is just just inspiring. Um, going about it with humility, with with personability, um, uh, it's uh, it's really something to aspire to. I think as as, as elected officials, and um, frankly, as as a young person myself, uh, knowing how to operate um sort of in uh in political life and and in um community service and so um want to pass along sincere appreciations both for myself and from the team at the housing action coalition thank you
0: thank you ray Epp followed by andrew talbot
13: hello uh laurie this is ray yep i didn't want to miss the opportunity to say also thank you from the deepest part of my heart Um, I don't live in District 8. I live on the other side of town, but I feel like we're neighbors and I really treasure the ability to get to know you and to work with you. Um, Also, I wasn't uh, appointed to a commission by you, but I really recall the opportunities that we've had to work together on important topics in the city. Uh, Things like uh, wildfire safety, better streets, uh, underground utilities, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, Laurie, thank you so much for all your leadership and work for the city. And I sincerely wish. You and your family the best in the future and I think there are many more. Exciting challenges and opportunities ahead for you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much. We'll go next to Andrew Talbot followed by Kieran
9: slaughter. Hey, yes, I just wanted to say, um, like many other folks, uh, really appreciate all the work that Lori has done on housing and safe streets in Berkeley. I think um, for various times over her, her time on the council, she's been sometimes a, a lone voice,
6: sometimes a, a voice with all the folks behind her. And so it's amazing to see just how consistent she's been a, as a voice for, for amazing things. Um, and I think just to point out the, the most important thing I think she's tried to do as well as just trying to get the council to prioritize effectively um, and I've just been amazing to see how. Um, using, you know, the levers of power effectively um, is really some of the, the most important thing we can do, I think, as, as a government city government. So, uh, thank you, Lori. And uh, we're. Glad that uh, you're finally able to get some rest. Thank you. We'll go
29: next to Kieran slaughter. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Kieran Slaughter here speaking in my personal capacity, but uh just want to thank you, Lori, Councilmember Drossi. We had a chance to meet back in 2015 or 2016 where we had coffee and we ended up bonding over, you know, some of my fond childhood memories in your district, like, you know, my time at my grandmother's house on Regent Street or relative's house on Batman Street, not Bateman Street, (laughs) or, you know, as a kid shopping at Sweet Dreams, trick-or-treating on Russell Street or my first city job as a 13-year-old at Willard Park at Berkeley Day Camp. You know, we also bonded and kind of nerded out over, you know, what it's like being um, parents with kids in Berkeley schools, as well as ADU reform and housing density, bike lanes, complete streets, government efficiency, equity, and economic development. And so I just want to thank you also for appointing me as your housing advisory commission before I started working at the city, where we actually didn't get a chance to work much together. But after joining the city and economic development, I've been serving as the bid secretary to the Elmwood bid for the past five years where we have had a chance to work very closely together. And I appreciate your support for small businesses, the Elmwood Business Association and zoning reform to support Uh, small businesses. You've been a model public servant and your respect for staff and your constituents has been much appreciated. Uh, Good luck in your time off, Lori.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Um, I don't see any other attendees with their hands raised to, um, as part of the ceremonial program to recognize our outgoing colleague, Lori Droste. So I'll just do one last call if there are any um, attendees on Zoom. Anyone in the board boardroom, um, Mr. Clerk?
1: No, no more speakers in okay. the boardroom.
0: So we'll wrap up the public comment portion of this recognition. And I want to now uh, turn the floor over to our city manager, D. Williams Rhythm. Uh-oh.
30: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. There we go. Um, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor and Council. Thank you for the opportunity to say a few words. Um, Councilmember member I I wanna take this time, this opportunity to thank you for your leadership and for your love of service. It is an absolute when it comes to who you are. You have been the light for so many residents and staff. One of my favorite poets, Amanda Borman, um, shared the following, for there is always light If only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it on behalf of our city staff and my team, I want to thank you for being that light for so many of our staff. And for me, I want to thank you for your genuineness, your courage, your support and your care. You've been an amazing thought partner to me and so many members of the city staff. You've sacrificed and you've served with compassion, with authenticity, with humor, that humor that saved me in so many moments of just concern. I just wanna thank you for that humor, your courage and your intelligence. Thank you for inviting me to speak to your students for multiple times, just to have a conversation with them about local government, because you cared much about that, so much about service, that you wanted them to have conversations with leadership. Thank you for being supporting of me, for being firm with me, with staff, when times were rough or when you disagreed, but you did so with such compassion and respect. I want to thank you for that. It has truly been something that our staff has made sure that I share with you this evening. They are very, very, very appreciative of your deference, your leadership, and your courage. And to Coco, Simon, and Carrie, I wanted to say to the three of you, you have been amazing and supportive of Councilmember Drosti on those many calls where she and I were PUSHING THROUGH COMPLEX ISSUES TRYING TO ARRIVE, BUT SHE ALWAYS FOUND BALANCE AND SHE ALWAYS FOUND TIME FOR ALL OF YOU, BUT I KNOW THAT IT WAS A SACRIFICE AND I WANT TO THANK YOU FOR THAT SACRIFICE. SO COUNCILMEMBER Drasti, YOU'VE BEEN AN AMAZING PUBLIC SERVANT. IF ANYONE TELLS YOU DIFFERENTLY, YOU TELL THEM THEY ARE WRONG. YOU HAVE BEEN ASTOUNDINGLY wonderful in your leadership and in your service to this community. And I can't thank you enough for being such a true partner to me and to our staff and to this community. So on behalf of our city staff, we wanna wish you the best in all of your endeavors. Please know that we are here because you are now a resident and you can call when that garbage can does not get picked up and we will be there to pick it up for you. So thank you and best wishes to you and Carrie, Simon and Coco. Thank you, Mr. Mayor,
0: thank you so very much. So I want to kick things off. I know I think all of our colleagues on the City Council want to say a few words, and I'm sure, um, Councilor Drosti would like to as well. So, um, it's bittersweet that we are, um, losing our friend and colleague, Lori Drosti. Um, and, uh, I just want to say on a personal level, it's been a real pleasure to know you personally, um, to work with you on a number of issues. Um, And I know that we will all still be in touch and encourage you to zoom in or uh, or come in person. Be good to see you once in a while. But um, (laughs) I just want to acknowledge the the incredible sacrifice that you've made to serve this community. And just want to reflect on some of the things that you have accomplished, which have made a significant impact. So first, um, setting up a system for the city council to prioritize our work so that we can. uh provide clear direction to the city administration and deliver for our community um, prior to that um, there was no means of prior to prioritizing the many different policies and programs that the city Council had adopted um, many of which are in the cutting edge <clears throat> but really I think it's your leadership on on housing and particularly your work to um, lead Council's efforts to end exclusionary zoning in Berkeley Recognizing that um, zoning, single family zoning started in District 8, but you really took that on um, as, um, as as a, as a cause and for many years, educating the city council and the community about why this is important. Even before it became a very popular issue, the effort to establish parking minimums um, and to reform our parking policy um, long before the state phased out um, uh, parking minimums. It was your leadership through the green affordable housing package that led Berkeley to adopt, I think, very progressive um, transportation and environmental policy, which now um, now is the policy of city of Berkeley. And I think amongst many other efforts gave um, inspiration to uh, legislation that has recently passed in Sacramento, your work to look at zoning reform and how we can streamline the production of housing, but also centering racial equity and the work that we do our local preference policy, which I hope we'll vote on soon, um, which you initiated many years ago. Um, so many of, I think, the very transformative um, housing reforms that this city council has adopted and which we're known for now in California have been the result of your leadership. So it's really been a pleasure to work with you over these past few years um, and just your attentiveness to your constituents and really just every day responding to to emails and phone calls and really delivering for your district. But I think more than anything else, I think your your kindness, your compassion, your collegiality and your just big heart are what I am so grateful for. And um, we're sad that you're you're leaving the council, but we know that we'll continue to stay in touch and know that you'll continue to play a very important role in our community in the years to come. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to kick things off and just express my sadness, um, but also my gratitude for ALL THAT YOU'VE DONE AND FOR BEING JUST SUCH A GREAT COLLEAGUE AND A GREAT FRIEND. SO THANK YOU SO MUCH. Um, SO WE'RE GOING TO GO NEXT TO uh, VICE MAYOR HARRISON FOLLOWED BY Councilor WONG.
31: THANK YOU VERY MUCH, MR. MAYOR AND um, Lori, I WANT TO SAY THAT I LEARNED AN INCREDIBLE AMOUNT FROM YOU ABOUT THINGS LIKE KNOWING THE VALUE OF HAVING PARKING AVAILABLE, NOT NECESSARILY PARKING SPACES about the value of prioritizing our work, about the importance of having a really strong reserve policy, all the things that you, you and my, you and I as policy walks really resonate with. And I so appreciate all the things that you did in that arena. I mean, I think it's made a huge difference and I've loved serving on the budget committee with you. I think it's been a really great experience for me. Um, but I really wanna comment on what a nice person you are. And I know this is something you've heard from a lot of the public comments. We haven't always agreed on policy, but you are incredibly kind and always willing to listen and very big hearted. And you do have a great sense of humor and are not someone who takes things personally. And I I just so appreciate that, the ability to really sit down and, and talk and figure out where we're heading as a city. And I think, you know, working together, we've really made this a better place. And your work in particular has made a huge difference. So thank you for so much for everything you've done. I'm very jealous that you're leaving because we're all very tired and you're gonna get rest, but um, I know you'll be back in some capacity. So, anyway, thank you again for everything and thank you to your family.
0: Thank you. We'll go next to Councilmember WENGRAPH followed by Councilmember Robinson.
32: Oh, Lori, I'm gonna miss you. Um, I remember more than eight years ago when we first met and Cora was a tiny little infant in her stroller, fast asleep. And you came to Northside to to talk with me. And I just want to say it's just been wonderful watching your children grow up, and and watching your family. Um, you know, I I think probably all of us ask ourselves, are we making a difference doing this? We're all making such huge sacrifices and. Does it matter? Are we making a difference? And I think it's real clear, Lori, that you have made a difference. And you should be very, very proud of yourself. Um, all of the testimony tonight was totally heartfelt and 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 based on, on real experience. And, you know, I have to say that I have so appreciated our working relationship. We haven't always agreed, but I have absolutely learned so much from you. And I think that that um, I've trusted you, even though we don't always agree. And I, I just value our, our friendship. And I hope that um, our friendship will survive your departure from the council. Um, and I'm going to work very hard to try to make that happen because I value so much. You have brought so much to my life. So um, I just want to say that You've been a fantastic collaborator and a partner to me in trying to deal with the challenges and frustrations um, that we all have to confront working in the city, working for the city. And I'm going to really miss those 12 midnight texts and um, <laughs> and 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 all of the activity, all of the buzzing and all of the activity. Um, I think my life is going to feel a little bit empty with you gone. But I really, I really, um, I, I, I echo Kate. I'm kind of jealous that um, that you're moving on, um, and I wish you the very best um, in in the new chapter of your life. I know that whatever it is that you choose to do, you're going to do a great job. Thank you.
0: Thank you so very much. We'll go next to Councilmember Robinson, followed by Councilmember Han.
33: Let me start by announcing that Warnock won. Hey! Lori, of all people, has always had her eye on the bigger picture. And I hope that in the years to come, we'll see some more midnight war room updates from you and the kids on election nights. We'll see. Lori, I remember how just after I came into office, uh, we were talking a little about zoning reform. I had just read The Color of Law by Richard Grofstein the previous summer. And I was brand new on the job and I was hungry and I was rambunctious and I wanted to make a splash. And I told you I was going to introduce an item to just tear up single family zoning immediately, just throw that into the ring and see what happens. And you you grabbed me by the collar and lifted me up off the ground and said, young grasshopper, slow down, you're going to break something if we're going to pull this off. We are going to bring everyone along with us. And you were so right. You were so right, obviously. And you taught me so much that year and in the years since about change and about policy banking, but so much more importantly, about working together with with the people you agree with and also what it looks like to work together with the people that you disagree with. Uh, a few months later, of course, we would introduce the missing middle initiative, which would later be written as a certain resolution to end exclusionary zoning, and the rest is history. Councilmember Drosti, you have been such a leader in your district uh, and a strong voice for, for progress and common sense in this city. So many people have said that tonight. I don't need to. In the plainest terms, you have been incredibly good at your job, but I am personally most grateful to you for your mentorship of new leaders, several of whom are members of the city council today, uh, and, and so many of whom, you know, the countless student advocates and appointees on commissions over the years. You know, one of whom, of course, we we heard from today, Angie Chen, uh, former intern of yours, is my legislative aide and here in the audience. Uh, Laura, your election was one that, of course, made history, uh, electing parents and queer people to public office Matters, but it was historic in another way that I really hope people appreciate and remember. Councilmember Drosti, you made history when you were elected as biggest nerd in the history of the city of Berkeley. You are such a dork. And we need more of that in government. Working with you has made me a bigger believer in the simple notion that government can do good. And I mean that, and an even bigger believer in the theory of change that you can have fun while you're trying to change the world. And I appreciate that a lot too. Uh, I'm very glad and grateful that you found a, a worthy successor in Mark Humbert. But I know that we all know that the biggest winners on election day were not Mark, but Carrie, Cora and Simon. And I, I know they're still on the line. I just wanna extend my deep gratitude to each of you, to your whole family uh, for being on this journey of public service with you and I'm so excited that you won't have to miss any more soccer matches but we'll be seeing you around Drusty. thank you for
0: everything thank you uh we'll go next to Councilman Han followed by Councilman Bartlett
34: thank you and I think we're allowed to take our masks off when we speak right <laughs> all right I'm gonna do that because I'm actually sitting right next to her and it feels awfully strange <laughs> so well just as a little aside before I, I start my comments, I did want to say to Councilmember Wengraf that I'd be happy to take over texting you at midnight. I didn't know that was an option. So uh, <laughs> beware. Um, really, what I wanted to say to Councilmember Drosti is just how much I admire the passion that you bring to your work, your passion for Berkeley, but maybe even more so your passion for policy. and. Just thinking back on the work that um, you've done during my time on council, I really, three themes really stand out for me. The first is the incredible work that you've done around safety for pedestrians and cyclists with the Vision Zero Initiative, which um, is really one of the driving, shaping forces in the work that we're doing in our public realm in Berkeley. And I know you've done other things that, that maybe got more headlines but i think that is something that you have had a real passion for and where you've made a real difference for berkeley um the second is good government and i think that has expressed itself through all kinds of different initiatives and comments and as the city manager says the way you approach your work and just uh the level of respect and collegiality that you show towards staff and and towards the community and council members as well um But the third, obviously, is, I think, probably your biggest passion and really something that is extraordinary, which is your passion to redress a great wrong that uh, has permeated our whole country, but started with exclusionary zoning in the district that you represent. And you are not the first person to represent that district, but you're the first person to really take that responsibility to heart and to think about what that legacy is and what the responsibility is that comes with that legacy. And you are the first one who did something to address. And I think that is meaningful for our community. It is also a recognized and important example for the whole country. But I know that it is particularly meaningful for you. And I really think that the recognition that you've received, is is really uh, an expression of the true worth and importance of the step that you took. So I really wanna commend you for that. And I know that you have done and will do many other great things in your life, but that is certainly going to be one of them. I also wanna say that I think um, it's a big commitment for someone to serve in office. and. You know, the term thank you for your service, I think, has has become a bit of a platitude, but it is also very true and is especially true for a mother of young children. And I mean mother, not just parent, because I do think that it is particularly difficult for women to serve um, at all, but in particular to step up when you have have young children and uh to serve at that time is, I think, just very challenging. And so I want to thank you, but I also really want to thank your family, especially your beautiful children, for their support of your service to Berkeley. Um, And I'm sorry that the past almost three years now we've all been siloed in our homes. Without the collegiality of working together in the same office, this is actually the first time I've seen you in person in a very long time. And I just want to wish you the very best. I want to wish you rest, family time, happiness, and success in whatever comes next. Thank, Thank
0: you. you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll go next to Councilmember Bartlett, followed by Councilmember Taplin. Well,
35: Councilmember Drosti. Seems like just yesterday <laughs> we were we were hanging out. I was door knocking for you back in 20 whatever year that was, 2014, 2015. What year is it? Way back then. You know, we we go way back. Um your service in the women's commission, I was a fan. Um, you know, our families were friends. Carrie, good to see him. And um, you know, been just a great mentor, a great friend. Um, you know, as a few, a few things stand out. Um you know, I, I've I've been an organizer throughout my life, many different jobs, and and uh, sometimes really big organizing gigs. And I've seen uh, many of the best organizers in the country. I've just happened to have seen them up close. And I got to say that you definitely, especially this last couple of years, you have become probably the, one of the best organizers I've ever seen. Uh, you know, the way to, to to hang a tent pole around an issue and create a center of gravity around something that matters to you and make it matter to others and make it make the reasoning and the argument succeed over opposition over deeply held opposition I mean is the hallmark of an organizer and I was really proud to, to ride with you on those things <laughs> and been been in your team and been in the foxhole and and help deliver so I'm really honored to have served with you uh you know what before before I came here I was also your police for you commissioner they don't know that Yes, yeah, so I was. <laughs> you appointed a radical to the PRC, and <laughs> boy, and uh, and so you know that was wonderful. You trusted me. You never, you never, you never second guessed decisions. You had faith in the people you appointed as leaders, and I try to replicate that with the young people that I promote. And uh, you know, just you're you're a you're a testament to forthright. Collegial, creative, and diligent leadership. I mean, the things you you did, you held the line for years. You know, this is a testament. I try to do this now because these items take a long time to, to manifest. It requires this kind of patience. And you have demonstrated how to do that. And it's just so amazing. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the next phase of your career. I'll be there for you, uh, whatever that may be. And, and uh, in the meantime, enjoy this rest with your family. Uh, as Roger said they're very lucky to have you and I want to say this on, on a parting note this is for the future council as well uh, and I'm sure that some of my colleagues like um, Councilor Wingraf and the mayor remember the the days when the council was typified by uh, in, a, in, in a sense of embattlement uh, really vicious bullying and and, and, and you know, they, they called it a full contact sport and you know in a town this small where we're all uh, sort of <laughs> on the far end of the left of the United States, <laughs> it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to tear each other apart when we have these nuances uh, between our two our two ideas. And I think Lori, you really typified uh, the sense of of working together despite opposition and not making it personal and not taking it personal, but still keeping a good a good family style atmosphere as we progress uh in our haphazard fashion to the future together. And so I want to thank you for for teaching me all that. And uh best of your
0: family, we'll be in touch. Thank you. Okay. Go next to Councilor Taplin. Uh counselor, you gotta turn on your um microphone.
36: My apologies. Last time I spoke in this room, I was speaking over there. So, right. um, but Councilmember Rossi, thank you so much for your dedicated service to the City of Berkeley and also for your friendship, Laurie. You you happen to be my partner's favorite council member, which is saying a lot. Um yeah. and, and um, uh, <laughs> and am I correct? You were the first queer woman elected to the council, yeah. openly queer. Sorry, my, my apologies. And um and as a as a as a gay kid who grew up here in Berkeley, it, it um working with you as your transportation commissioner and then as your colleague has meant the world to me. Um, you know, as for my adolescence and young adulthood, I had three queer council members, and I so being here with you, even though it's only been two years and this is our first evening up here together on the dais, um, it's been a true honor. Um, I've, you know, we've gotten to bond over the challenges of caring for loved ones and the challenges of getting traffic calming in the neighborhoods. Um, and, you know, I, I know that you're looking forward to a lot of rest, but I do expect to see you, uh, giving comment on every single item and every single committee council and and commission meeting. Um, um, you know, I, I, I have so greatly admired how you lead with kindness, how you lead with integrity, and the courage to tell people what they don't wanna hear, and also the humility to admit when we've made mistakes and to take steps to, to address those mistakes. And um, I, I think that what you've you've given to the city is irreplaceable and i am confident it will continue to inspire um, new leaders to to step forward um that being said uh thank you for the maps and i will see you at karaoke
0: <laughs> thank you very much okay we'll go next to councilor kesawani
3: thank you very much mr mayor uh thank you council member lori drosti um as others have already noted you uh, were the first LGBTQ mom to serve on the Berkeley City Council. And um, I can't help but think back to my earliest memories of you. And I remember when I was a regular, when I was not a member of the council, I was a regular citizen watching you serve on the council back in the day. And uh, you you left an impression on me as somebody who spoke with clarity and conviction about housing policy and I want to just note for everyone that council member Drosti was a voice for housing back in 2015 before state housing laws were strengthened before it was easy before it was popular I, I'm not saying it's easy today but but it was definitely not easy in 2015 and as the mayor noted, your policies shaped state housing and parking policy, and they were held up as a model by the White House. Uh, you led on making Berkeley a vision zero city. As others have noted, you served with distinction on the budget committee. I don't think others have noted your, um, your strength in creating spreadsheets that helped us understand what we were voting on. Um, and as others have noted, you have always treated everyone with respect and kindness. Um, and and the other thing that count, uh, about Councilmember Drosti that um, others have noted is that you have always been so generous with your time, especially in bringing new people into the political process, including me. I appreciate your mentorship and encouragement of me. Uh, When I think nobody else looked at me as a council candidate, I think you were the first to do that. And I'm confident that your legacy will live on in the members of this council who count you as a mentor. And my best to you and your beautiful family, Carrie, Simon and Coco. I wanna, as somebody who is a a mom of a young child, I do wanna recognize uh, the real serious sacrifice that our families make. And I wanna thank your family for their sacrifice, and I just want to say in closing, when you upset the status quo, I've done a little bit of that, but Councilmember Drosty has done a lot of that. Uh, there is blowback and backlash, and sometimes you do wonder, is the sacrifice and time away from my family worth it? And I just want to assure you, Councilmember Drosty, that your efforts uh, were worth it, and and you have made our city better. And I wish you all the best. And I know that you will stay in the arena with us because we do need you. And uh, thank you again for your eight years of service with distinction.
0: Thank you so very much uh, to all the council members for for your reflections and comments. And I wanna um, turn it over to Councillor Drosty if she'd like to say a few words.
37: Well, on second thought, um, <laughs> um, well, thank you all so much for your comments. It's it's very kind to hear those those sweet words and and very humbling. Um and I also really want to acknowledge this special occasion because we are all out of our elastic waistband pants here in the council chambers and off Zoom for uh the first time in in a long time, Um, some of us uh, here this evening. So um, thank you very much. And thank you all um, on Zoom for being here and and providing such lovely feedback. Um, And it's amazing that we can do this. And I I, I credit our city staff. Um, We haven't been together in over two years. And so what an incredible ride through this pandemic. And we all, council, the mayor, city staff have managed to to get us through and that's that's quite a feat. Um, like I told many of you, I you know, I'm not a big fan of big to- do's because I'm a crier, so I'm holding it together so far. Um, but I really just want to thank all of you, um, all of the the activists and the people who come to meetings, um, city council and the mayor, um, our city manager, Dee Williams Ridley, all the department heads and city staff who are absolutely critical in helping us succeed. Um, and thank you of course to Eric Panzer and Carrie Bernbach and all of my other current and past city staff uh, members and interns. And thank you to so many of my constituents for, for making my days brighter. Uh, I also wanna thank Mark Humbert for saying yes and um, agreeing to serve our terrific community, he'll be a great council member. I'm really excited for you all. You know, I think over the past four years, um, we have shown that we care about progress and moving forward, and being more inclusive and moving beyond the status quo. At least that's what I've I've tried to do, and it's been a team effort. I just really want to emphasize that. Um, we have to do this as a team. And I think we have, um, you know, a lot of people have mentioned housing and vision zero and transportation. And in my true belief that we do need to make those connections between homelessness and affordability, and that's rooted in, um, scarcity and, and inequitable systems that communities inherit. But most importantly, I just feel proudest of trying to ensure that our community felt safe and provided for and loved. And so I'm gonna miss all of you. Um, And most importantly, I really wanna, this is where I'm gonna hold it together. Um, I really wanna thank uh, my family. I see that my mother, I'm very impressed, mom, that you got on Zoom, number one. Um, (laughs) And that you. it's 1030 in Ohio right now. Um, She served as my role model and uh, mayor of Circleville, Ohio. I think she is the only Democrat in Circleville, Ohio. Um, and so she was a, a great role model to me, um, bringing me to pro-choice marches in Columbus, Ohio. And of course my, my wife, Carrie, has always been so incredibly supportive of me in this job. I, I hear from people how it's hard on spouses, um, and she has been nothing but supportive. Um, and I just really thank you for that. I feel very blessed. And of course, to my wonderful kids, Simon and Cora, you <clears throat> you serve as an inspiration to me every day with your kindness and bravery, and I love you very much. But as Councilmember member Harrison says, Vice Mayor Harrison says, I do pride myself on liking an efficient meeting, so uh, <laughs> so I, I I think that this is this has been very nice. This 90 minutes, um, but we have a lot to accomplish this evening, (laughs) and I want to thank you all so very much for being here, um, being here virtually, and it's been a real pleasure serving with you all, so
0: um, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Councilor Drosti. So I, I'm sending you a big virtual hug <laughs> from the other side of Zoom. And um, you'll be really missed by all of us. And we're just so grateful for all that you've done for Berkeley. Um, and um, this is not a goodbye, but um, we look forward to staying in touch and seeing in the future. So with that, um, we'll now move on to the next order of business, <clears throat> which is city manager comments. I'd like to ask our city manager, D. williams Ridley if you have any comments for the city council of the public tonight
30: yes mr mayor thank you um i'd like to give an update on our homeless response team our data and ours report for december 2022 so if i can have um our city clerk load the presentation for us okay there we are all right um thank you so much mark for pulling this and navigating the the slides for me this evening. So, Mayor and Council, thank you for taking the time to hear the Homeless Response Team's quarterly quantitative update on the work performed by the team, and this is since the line in September of 2021. So, I'm excited to provide this, um, which we full 2022 calendar year of the team's work. Next slide, please. Just as a reminder, and I'll go through the details again, the Homeless Response Team, this is the interdepartmental unit led by our neighborhood services in my office. Um, And they respond to the homeless encampments and unsheltered homelessness. City, the team's mission is unsheltered homelessness and lessons and lessons impact on the city by performing sustained outreach that moves people indoors while simultaneously restoring public spaces to their intended use by resolving encampments. The team performed work by avoiding citations and arrests wherever possible. And so far, there have been zero criminal citations um, that have been issued and only three arrests, despite some very, very difficult and volatile situations that the team has encountered. If you recall, in 2021, Council adopted the All-Home Regional Action Plan. commits the city to a 75% reduction in unsheltered homelessness over the next three years. And our team, that team of the city, and they are the first point of contact for making that vision a true reality. And that is the driving goal behind the work of the team. It's not just pushing encampments from one corner to the next, but really, truly trying to end people's unsheltered status with meaningful offers of shelter and services like. So how are we measuring our impact? I've shared before, we're holding ourselves to three very distinct outcomes that we wish to achieve. One, the first and foremost important of these outcomes is that residents are sheltered. We measure our progress towards this outcome by reporting back to you on the shelter acceptance rates, as well as the housing outcomes and housing resources that we're able to connect people to. The second is the dangerous encampments are not inevitable in our city. Even if people living in encampments are not interested in shelter resources that we have at our disposal, there are still certain health and safety threats that we have to mitigate both for the health of the encampment residents, as well as the greater community. We measure this outcome by tracking the number of notices that we provide, as well as the number of closures that we perform. Finally, the third outcome is that our city is clean. Even if an encampment does not need to be resolved, people living unsheltered often have no place to throw their trash away. We also know that homeless encampments can become magnets for illegal dumping. So we're tracking this outcome by measuring the total pounds of debris that we remove, as well as the number of instances in which storage for their valuable belongings is provided pursuant to our policies. Next slide, please. So moving to the data for the first outcome, tracking the extent to which the homeless, resort, um, homeless team helps move people off the street. I want to provide you with a deep dive into our largest effort of 2022 calendar year, resolving the encampment at People's Park. This effort reflected a partnership between UC Berkeley and the city in order to close the park for a new affordable student and permanent supportive housing for the homeless to be built on the site. In the months leading up to March, UC Berkeley outreach coordinator and our homeless response team, they conducted extensive outreach efforts to create a census of who was currently staying in the park. 64 individuals were identified as consistent park residents. After receiving receiving approximately $4.7 million grant from the state, we partnered with Abode Services and, and the University to establish a shelter program at the roadway in for people to exit street homelessness during this transition. Through the course of the park itself was, um, well, let me restate that. Though the closure of the park was ultimately unsuccessful, our efforts to resolve the encampment were a resounding success. Of the original 64 individuals on the census of park residents that we built, 86% were sheltered or housed since opening the roadway on May 15th of this year, including 40 people were sheltered through the new roadway in shelter and five individuals were moved directly to subsidized housing. Importantly, everyone else on the original census either left the park voluntarily or they were made at least one meaningful shelter offer. Next slide, please. Of the original 64 park residents, nine decided to relocate to another unknown area. Only two of the original 64 clients remained in the park at closure. And UC Berkeley is presently waiting on the courts to allow construction so that they may move forward. Next slide, please. After the new roadway program and the drop-in center program was announced in early March, we anticipated that more people will likely migrate to the park, potentially seeking access to, to, to the resources that we provide. And as we predicted, an additional 36 people moved into the park at some point since the creation of that original census that we developed. By dedicating all of our shelter resources during summer to this effort, we were able to still make offers to every one of them. Of the 100 total people served in People's Park, both the original census that we conducted and the newcomers, an incredible 73% were sheltered or housed. Of the 60 people sheltered, 45 moved into the roadway Inn, 14 moved into Horizon, and one person moved to transitional housing. 13 people have been permanently housed, with five moving into subsidized housing and eight self resolved. 23 additional clients relocated from the park, only four remained on the morning of the closure. Next slide, please. So during the Homeless Response Team's outreach, we found that 67% that 67 of the 100 of clients observed at the park received a coordinated entry assessment, giving us more complete picture of who was staying in the People's Park. Housing and crisis assessments are used to determine who is the most vulnerable in our community. And that allows us to triage our resources to the households that are in the most need. A person surveyed in the park as you can see on the slide. 43% had a developmental health condition, 51% had a physical health condition, 66% had a substance use condition, and 82% had a mental health condition. Moreover, of those who completed the assessment, 59 of the 67 were considered chronically homeless, meaning they had experienced homelessness for at least a year while struggling with a disabling condition. As you can see, this was extremely vulnerable and challenging the population, making the outcomes that that much more impressive. Next slide, please. From this slide on, the data reflect all the work that the team has performed throughout the city since September, 2021. So everything from now that I'll speak about is throughout the city since September of 2021. Since September of last year, 420 clients have been offered shelter beds from the homeless response team and 171 clients have accepted a shelter referral, giving us an acceptance rate of around 41%. It should be noted though, however, that when we were able to pair offers of non-congregate shelters, such as the roadway inn or the winter shelter relief vouchers at the Berkeley Inn to an encampment enclosure, we saw our shelter acceptance rate jump to between 85 to 88%. This just clearly shows the value of non-congregate shelter in not just clearing encampments, but ending unsheltered homelessness. Next slide, please. Our second outcome that we track is to measure our homeless response team success is that dangerous encampments are not inev- inevitable in the city. The team is regularly on the streets, providing notices for violation of our sidewalk, street meeting, and park rules, and whenever there is a planned operation, to do a deep cleaning, a closure, or when a person's unattended belongings have been stored. The purpose of these notices is to give our encampment residents the opportunity to voluntarily comply with our sidewalk and our park rules. Thus far, we can report on 738 tents, structures and vehicles that have been given a notice of some kind, and an average of almost two per day, 32% of the notices given are initial notices, a notice of the rule that are bio, they are violating, and an opportunity to voluntarily come into compliance. Sixty eight percent are action notices, meaning that they let people know about an impending intervention, the deep cleaning and the closure notices or that their belongings have been stored pursuant to our storage policies. Next slide, please. And I am wrapping up here shortly. Since September of 2021. The Homeless Response Team has conducted 25 encampment enclosures across the city, as indicated by the blue tents on the map. 24 deep cleaning operations, as indicated by the yellow symbols and seven RV closures, as indicated with the green car. Next slide, please. So looking at these interventions across Council districts, it is important to note that the vast majority of our efforts that relates to closures and cleanings have been centered in West and South Berkeley, reflecting the team's commitment to serving those areas of the city that are historically socioeconomically disadvantaged and thus more likely to experience street homelessness. Next slide, please. So our third outcome of interest is ensuring that the city is clean. Since long before the city resumed enforcement of sidewalk and park rules in August of 2021, our Neighborhood Services team and the Clean City team from Public Works, we've collaborated to regularly visit encampment sites, usually twice a week to remove debris. So over the last year and that the daytime frame is from December 21st to November tw- to November 22nd the team has removed over 330 thousand 330 thousand total pounds of trash and debris from our streets. as a point of reference a blue whale weighs about 290 pounds. The drop in tonnage over the month reflects the great work that the team has done to clean up our streets, Overall, there are simply fewer problematic street encampments that need regular garbage services. Next slide, please. Okay. Thus far, we have recorded 20 instances in which valuables were stored pursuant to our AR administrative regulation 10.1. If this number seems low, again, it's because the team, per the regulation, will not store anything that is hazardous, soiled, wet, tattered, torn much of what we encounter cannot be stored next slide please as we move forward we look forward to providing you all with more frequent and robust reports i want to thank the council and mayor and all of you for your time this evening and letting me share this report and update with you all and i want to give a special thank you to peter radu um, our assistant to the city manager Josh Jacobs, our homeless service coordinator, Paul Budenhagen, our deputy city manager who oversees our homeless response team. Thank you so much for the time to present. Recording
3: stop, recording in progress.
0: Thank you so very much. Okay, colleagues, if there are any questions on the city manager's presentation, I would recommend that um, you um, send them in writing or uh, provide them offline to the city manager. And thank you city manager for the presentation. Okay, we'll now proceed to the next order of business, which is public comment on non agenda matters. This is an opportunity for any attendee to address anything that is not on our city council agenda tonight. Um, the way we'll conduct this public comment period is if there are five or fewer speakers, each speaker will be allotted two minutes each. If there are more than five people that wish to speak, um, up to 10 people, each uh, person will be allotted one minute. And so we're going to call on the raised hands on Zoom. So are there any public comments on non-agenda matters? If so, please raise your hand now. Okay, I see we have three raised hands. Four, um, we'll go first to counter, counter Akis. Counter Akis. you should now be able to speak.
38: Hello, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Thank you. Um, I- i was i was struck by ben bartlett's um comment today that berkeley is a far left town and i have to say that i i i find that very interesting we we're seeing a we're witnessing a railway strike or not a railway strike a crushing of railway workers and i think you know it's 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 Surprising to me how conservative uh, Berkeley has become as it's gentrified and certainly looking at the room um, at City Council today it's 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 really shocking. Uh, When I took a picture uh, during the Drost. um, uh, Commemoration uh, or farewell. um, It was less than a quarter women. Um, it was um, there were no black people in attendance uh, no Latinos and it was absolutely chilling because I used to come here regularly um, and the room would be packed um, with activists of all ages genders races ethnicities um, abilities and it it seems extremely antiseptic what's happened um, I you know, I remember, um, you know, very fervent pro-democracy movement um, that was uh, going on. And that seems to have been chillingly snuffed out um, to the extent that when I made a, a, a respectful but, you know, uh, and thoughtful uh, comment about about um, Drosty's work in, in relation to Two moms for housing. I was I was chastised by the mayor. This is a city that, um, you know, this is Mario Savio's town, and uh, to see to see nearly all male uh, and uh, nearly all white. I think the the three Thank Asians in much. attendance were were city employees. It's chilling what's happened.
0: Just note for the record, Councilor Taplin is African American, and he's in the room. Um, We'll go to the attendee in the room who wishes to speak on non-agenda public comment. Please come forward.
39: uh, Thank you. It's Carol Morasevic. And at the last council meeting, there was uh, a public comment on a woman with a child who was unable to secure a housing voucher. One fact that was omitted is that woman is fleeing domestic violence, and it's yet another reason for council to allocate monies towards the Homeless Services Panel of Experts recommendation for a transition house uh, for women fleeing domestic violence. Uh, Not only for women with children, which we have some housing, but very limited transition, uh, but for singles who have absolutely nothing in Berkeley when they are fleeing domestic violence. Reportedly, also, the fire that transpired in the RV lot at Grayson also may have involved a domestic violence abuser. Again, another reason, example for the intersection between domestic violence and homelessness and our need for resources uh, to be allocated in that area. Um, If we're fortunate enough to locate another RV lot post Grayson, we should have uh, mandatory fire extinguishers provided, smoke alarms installed and mandatory safety inspections. Again, if we are fortunate enough to locate one where there's so difficult, so much difficulty locating a location in Berkeley. Another factor with the fire may have been hand sanitizer. This hasn't been confirmed yet, but if it was hand sanitizer, is highly flammable. Reportedly, there may have been an issue with hand sanitizer and a candle nearby. Um, Some of the facts are unknown at this point. Uh, But hand sanitizer is broadly distributed by the city among the unhoused. Each sanitizer distributed should have some wrapping around it about the flammability. It, that can include danger if you just have strong hand sanitizer on your Thank hands. Thank you very much for So there should be some warning on there, some sticker that is very visible that ha- uh, uh, hands with hand sanitizer and hand sanitizer itself cannot be near fires, including a lighter, matches, or candles. Thank you.
0: Okay, we'll go to our speakers on Zoom. Our next speaker is Ilana Auerbach.
40: Hi, good evening, everyone. This is Ilana Auerbach. Um, I wanted to respond to the city manager's um, comments. And uh first uh she mentioned that they're not the homeless response team is not pushing encampments from one corner to the next. Well, I, city manager, I don't think you're then out on the streets in Berkeley, because that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what's happening um, here in Berkeley. Um, If you're following where the homeless response team go and then what happens, um, then you mentioned People's Park. Well, People's Park (laughs) is more full than I've ever seen it. Um, It's also rampant with drugs. I have never seen so much drug use um in the I've been going there at least once a week for the past um uh, probably eight months or so and um it, it is now run it's it's run by a drug lord essentially and it it has been for a long time and the Berkeley Police Department know who this person is. the UCPD know who this person is and yet it continues um there's violence, there's violence that's um, directed by the person who's running the park, who is a drug lord. So um, more and more people are going, unhoused people are are, are going to People's Park now. It's, um, so perhaps some of those funds from the um, ceasefire program, I don't know what's happening with that with the Berkeley Police Department. I would really encourage you to move that to community efforts and community efforts to also perhaps free people's park from the the powers that are now um, y- y- occupying the park and, and ruling it with the drugs. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the, the, the Sarabac, your time the is You
0: can please wrap up.
40: Oh, the, the one last thing I wanted to say is that unhoused people are given food, which is wonderful from lots of different places, but they're mostly in plastic containers. And so we would seriously decrease the amount of trash by providing compostable containers. Thank you.
29: Uh,
0: we'll go next to Healthy Black Families. <clears throat> should not be able to speak.
41: Thank you. Um, and good evening to you, uh, Council. I just wanted to check in with you as Healthy Black Families works with the Office of the Mayor and the San Francisco Foundation's Partnerships for the Bay's Future Breakthrough Grant to develop and execute a strategy to identify, document, group, prioritize, prototype, and deliver community priorities to BART and the City of Berkeley around the Adeline Corridor and Ashby BART development. We will be continuing to reach out to the city council members to meet with you, update you and connect you with the work through hosting a people's assembly in your district. We are looking for public meeting spaces and support from the council to rent spaces. Please feel free to reach out to Healthy Black Families to offer your support and resources for this important work. This invitation will be coming from our Healthy Black Families Executive Assistant, Carolyn McKenzie. Please keep your eyes open for it. And we'd like to thank you, Council, for for your continued support for our work and know that we are working hard to engage our community, to amplify our community's voices, and bring them to the table um, so that we can ensure that the community's needs are taken care of around the Adeline Corridor development and the BART, Ashby BART station development, and that the community benefits are based on the voice and the needs of the people. And thank you, may not see you before the holidays, happy holidays and hope to see you in 2023 as we move forward um, with creating an equitable Black Berkeley. I'm complete.
0: Thank you. Okay, we'll go to our last speaker, Amber Whitson.
42: Hi, can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can. Okay.
42: Um I wanted to comment also on the city manager's comments just briefly. Um the statement that the shelter acceptance rate went up uh when the encampment at 8th and Harrison was closed this past February is it's a, uh, a miscommunication of the misinterpretation, whatever you want to call it of the facts. Those people were given 30 day hotel vouchers, one 30 day hotel voucher per person. And most of damn near all of their belongings were thrown away. So you're talking February when it was cold out, People were given the option to start from scratch and still be on the streets or start from scratch a month later and have that month to be able to gather things to be able to live on the streets with such as blankets and tents and such that they would need to live on the streets when it's cold out. Um, so to say the shelter shelter acceptance rate went up when that camp closed is it's a gross manipulation uh, of the facts. Those people were. I wouldn't call that offering them shelter, and I wouldn't say they accepted shelter. They chose the less harmful option that they were faced with because they were going to accept, they were going to have no choice but to accept that their belongings were being thrown away. I just, I mean, I have lots of issues with lots of stuff that was said in that report, but that is the most blatantly false one. That's all.
0: Thank you. I don't see any other attendees with their hands raised for a non-agenda public comment. We will have another public comment here at the conclusion of our meeting uh, for those that have not previously spoken. So we'll now proceed to the consent calendar. And I'd like to recognize the city manager. I understand there's an item that you would like to continue or remove.
30: Uh, let's see. Item 10. Yes, Mr. Mayor. I'd like to remove item 10 from the agenda this evening and we'll return at a later time. Thank you.
0: Item 10 is the citywide affordable housing requirements that will return in the beginning of the year um so that item has been removed by the by the city manager we will not be voting on that today but if you'd like to speak on that item we welcome your comments during the public comment period for the consent calendar okay are there any um questions or comments on the consent calendar seeing no raised hands from the council i'll now move to public comment on the consent calendar if you wish to speak on any item on our consent calendar Please raise your hand, <clears throat> including item 10, which has been removed but will be returning in the beginning of the year 2023. Okay, Kit Saginaw is our first speaker.
43: Good evening. I want to speak in support of item six um, the Office of Racial Equity, Reemployment, and Guaranteeing Income Programs, uh, looking for the to add this feature to the criminal justice re entry employment programs. Um, And this is a a really, really um, excellent thing. I'm very um, grateful to um, um, Board Member uh, Taplin for bringing this forward. Of course, I'm eager to see it at an implementation phase rather than a planning phase. Um, But I think this is a a really important item for everyone. Uh, And I I just want to point out that we all lose out um when folks who have been previously incarcerated are uh, denigrated uh not supported um not given the uh the support and opportunities to move forward we lose the skills we lose the talents of people who really have a lot to offer uh and we really push people back towards it, it, towards uh, reoffending and, and reincarceration, which is you know, to nobody's benefit. So I'm really happy to see this program. Um, I had experience at City College of San Francisco with a second chance uh, counseling program for uh, previously incarcerated students, um, and therefore had some uh, contact uh, with folks who had been previously incarcerated and were now moving on with their lives. And one of the things I saw there is that education is also a really important piece. Um, The plan that's put forward at this point does not specifically, it mentions uh, employment. It doesn't specifically mention education, Um, but I do hope that that is something that will be uh, looked at going forward, um, that there would be uh, connections to both the adult school and to Berkeley City College for um, helping people who are previously incarcerated um, forward their, their lives. Thank you.
13: Thank you.
0: Okay, we'll go next to Amy, followed by Amber Whitson.
14: <clears throat> Hello, this is about the leasing at uh 1720 San Pablo, the Berkeley Inn. Um, At a community meeting, uh, Councilmember Kasarwani verbally assured the community and Cafe Layla that the placement of the homeless shelter at the Berkeley Inn will not cause disruption to the cafe business, vandalism, threats to safety, or other problems for anyone in the neighborhood or for the cafe employees or patrons. I ask that the city back up this assertion with legislation and commitment of funds and resources. If the city is so certain that this shelter location will not be a problem, then it should have no problem guaranteeing a commitment of resources to that end as a condition of approval for the lease. There's no way for us in the community to be able to keep track of who we are supposed to call for any incident when we have somewhere between five or six um, shelters or health, uh, supportive housing located with an easy walk, uh, like a half mile of this site. Um, so I would like to have a single number that everyone in the community can call and talk to a person that we're familiar with. And if it's an urgent situation, have a human show up within 10 minutes to anyone in our neighborhood. And I would like there to be some kind of relationship that's easy for the uh, community to have to, um, it's just too many different locations for us to, to try to handle as individual uh, community members. So we have the, um, yeah, just help us out please. Um, and I think the uh, local businesses should have some kind of show of assistance from the city. Um, it's a very uh, depressed area. Um, there's been generations of disinvestment. And that that's just my request from the city is to, to show the community that you care about us as well. We would like to support the people who are moving into these different shelters in our community. And we would like the, the city to support us in that support. Thank you.
0: We'll go next to Amber Whitson, followed by Tony Mester.
42: Hi, Um, I wanted to comment on items one and two. Um, For the rental of the Berkeley Inn, uh, perhaps council and city manager are not aware of this, but there are cockroaches at the Berkeley Inn. There has been for years. That's why the Berkeley Inn was removed from most of the hotel booking sites because it had so many negative reviews that they just removed it uh as an option for people to book through their site um i understand that it was recently renovated but that just moves the cockroaches around into a concentrated area or from room to room until the renovations are done i highly recommend if if, if the city intends on moving the people from the warehouse at 742 grayson into somewhere healthy that an exterminator is contracted and that the place is cleared of cockroaches prior to anyone being moved into there and uh, on item two I just wanted to mention that the community of vehicle dwellers that the city of Berkeley has brought together to live as neighbors on the lot at 742 Grayson is a success that should be acknowledged there is no interpersonal friction between the residents I'm not saying that everyone loves each other but absolutely everyone here treats each other with respect there are no thieves Although some of us could have less clutter, there are zero hoarders in our midst. We have a really solid group of people living here. It's sad that we will not that it will not be possible for more than two or three of us to be able to partner each other when the program ends.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll go next to Tony Mester, followed by Merrill Siegel.
44: Good evening. Um, I'm also um, going to speak about the uh, rental of the Berkeley Inn on San Pablo Avenue. Um, And I would like to know exactly what the community is going to get for this extraordinary expenditure of almost a million dollars a year. It's almost $5 million for five years. And can you explain the difference between the accommodations at the Berkeley Inn and uh, the Golden Bear Project. Is one more temporary and the other permanent? Are they staffed differently? Um, it, it, we who live along the San Pablo Avenue Carter and frequent this area, um, there are quite a few vulnerable businesses in this area, the Cafe Layla, um, the Acme Bread, um, there's all there, the uh, Cafe Latina, There are many businesses there that are so precious to us because um, San Pablo Avenue is, frankly, a dumping ground. It's a dumping ground for bad projects. It's a dumping ground for all kinds of experimental um, accommodations that other parts of the city simply wouldn't tolerate. And uh, the planning for San Pablo Avenue has been kicked down the road. um, has nothing to do with the corridor plans, which is basically the road diet. What we want is zoning planning, appropriate um, planning for businesses and for land use and for some um, forward-looking progressive view of San Pablo Avenue. And I asked um, our District one and two council members to take the leadership in this it's way overdue I've been harping on it for years and years and I'm getting old and I'd like to see it go get into effect the San Pablo Avenue plan. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, we'll go next to Meryl Siegel. Mr. Clark, is there someone in the boardroom who wishes to speak.
1: Yeah, there's uh, I think two or three people that like to
0: speak, we'll go to them after the. um zoom speakers thank you
21: thank you i am talking about the first item on the agenda 1720 san pablo on december 1st a rushed north berkeley northwest berkeley community meeting was held with about 20 neighbors and local businesses on the conversion of the berkeley inn to the dorothy day house months earlier the same community was hastily apprised of the golden bear conversion plan to low income and supportive housing the two projects are about a block and a half away from each other and there's almost nothing in between berkeley neighbors need to be included in community planning that is how a democracy functions development on san pablo is occurring haphazardly without any transparent planning We ask that the city provide resources to our local community, especially in support of small businesses and with the Office of Economic Development. D1 and D2 are seeing more and more supportive housing developments, yet without any real inclusion, planning and nurturing of the existing community and businesses. It's, you know, what does it mean? We need an overall San Pablo plan. We also need to ensure that if street violence and business threats occur, as they have been occurring, these issues must be mitigated in a timely and safe manner. The city needs to partner with the neighborhood, not think that we're ogres or something like that. And when new supportive housing developments are being planned, not after the fact when it's a done deal. We ask the city to work on improvements to San Pablo Avenue with economic development and small business development to make the street more inclusive and beautiful of all who live there and within the surrounding neighborhoods. Thank you.
0: Okay, we'll go to Ilana Auerbach, followed by Kelly Hammergren.
21: Hi,
40: everyone again. Um, I wanted to speak on item number two. I wanna thank you all for extending the lease um, at um, the Horizon Shelter through June and uh, moving folks to Berkeley Inn or wherever they they can be housed. Uh, I I have yet to get a response to what's the plan for the vehicle dwellers that are living in the parking lot. I know we heard from one of the residents who um, says that they have an actual community um, that really tends and cares for each other and why are you not extending the lease at the parking lot as well so these people can have a place to stay and not booting them out at the end of December when it's cold and it's rainy and you're going to disperse them and cause a lot of harm and 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 trauma. So I, I really urge you to extend the lease and then come up with a, a plan. I know it's hard to find a parking lot to um, house, you know ha- have these people have a permanent housing, but, but it's possible if there is a will, if you as the city council members, as the leaders of our community, are willing to look after, yes, the people who are living in the Horizon Center, but also the people who are ve- vehicle dwellers, And put all of your heart and your mind and your imagination and your brilliance towards finding a place for them. I really feel like you could do it. So please take care of, of these people. Thank you.
0: Kelly Hammergren followed by healthy black families. Oh,
45: thank you. So this is the time to comment on item 10. Yes. Okay. Uh, So I have some concerns about item 10, the way this appeared on the agenda, and um, I would really like to see that we are pushing for inclusionary housing in our projects. That's going to get us more housing the fastest. And uh, I'm concerned that the rate that was set is too low. I certainly support going to... square foot instead of counting dwellings that's a change we need to make, especially the way it looks like the system is being gamed with these uh, very with large numbers of bedrooms and units, so we need to take care of that, Uh, but I still feel that that fee is way too low i'm also very concerned about escaping an in, in Luffy and providing an alternate place for the city to build at some point in the future. I, I see that as, you know, we're really confined in, in the city of Berkeley. There isn't a lot of available land, and I don't see this as a great benefit to the city. Uh, we get a piece of property, then we can't build on it, then we sell it. I mean, it just delays everything. So I, I would um. Hope that that gets removed when this comes back. Um, I also wanted to comment on item six. Uh, I did attend the committee meeting and I was disappointed that the offering of employment opportunities was removed and turned into a report and rather than a report if we're really going to do the right thing in our community for our formerly incarcerated persons. I'd like us to be looking at employment opportunities, in particular, the fire department. We did discuss that at the meeting, and I would hope that there would be further research for the people who fought firefighters, who fought wildfires for the state. Thank you for letting me go over a few seconds. Okay.
0: Healthy Black Families, followed by Christopher Kroll. Then we'll go to the speakers in the boardroom. Healthy Black Families, you should now be able to speak.
41: Good evening again, um, council. I am here to speak in support of um, item six. As a mother who has lost a son to intercommunal violence and a mother of six sons and a daughter all raised in Berkeley, I'm mostly in support of this item. Um, I urge you to pass whatever we can do to um, combat violence in our community. I'd like to add that Black youth and younger adults are an important community resource and social capital for the city of Berkeley. Historically, young Black people were deeply engaged in the city of Berkeley civic life and helped to shape the political, social and artistic culture of our city, the nation, and internationally to repair and begin to stop the ongoing structural and institutional racism, the isolation and elimination from educational opportunities that occurs in the Berkeley Unified School District and the harm that is created by the disproportionate numbers of suspensions, expulsions, special education IEPs. It is imperative that the city creates an educational pathway to higher learning for our youth and young adults. With the city of Berkeley being the largest educational institution and basically being a non-taxpaying institution, there should be an educational pathway with guaranteed admission for students that graduate from Berkeley High. Additionally, the city must fully fund re-entry and workforce development, mental health and cultural arts for our youth and younger and returning adults. This means training programs and community partnerships that create a pathway to not just living wages, but thriving wages and higher paying jobs, especially as we build the Adeline Corridor and develop the Adeline Corridor and equity for Black Berkeley. This means the creation of the Adeline Corridor Black Cultural and Arts District and full funding for youth artists and their work. It is also important that we must prioritize housing and funding, to ensure that the unhoused and housing insecure families with children and youth are pri- prioritized in having homes, apartments, and living spaces. We must also prioritize mental health treatment and substance abuse recovery for our youth, young and returning adults. Thank there you. also must be free walk-in services that are culturally competent and congruent. This includes full funding for the African-American Thank you Resources very much. Center. You're welcome.
0: Christopher Kroll, followed by Janice Ching, and we'll go to the speakers in the boardroom.
8: Uh, yes, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, yeah, I, guess I also want to speak to the 1720 San Pablo Avenue. Uh, I was on a call that was arranged, as Admiral Siegel mentioned, very last minute to a very small group of residents um, of District 1, and... I, I really want to emphasize that the, the city, I don't know if it's it's Mr. Roddy's department, the city manager's department, or it's Councilmember Kesarwani's responsibility, but there, there needs to be a lot better uh, outreach to to residents to explain new projects going in, especially new supportive housing. I it's great that 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 um according to Mr. Roddy, Berkeley is punching above its weight in terms of providing um supportive housing for the unhoused. And I'm very supportive of that and my neighbors are supportive of that, but we also need to be told with some time ahead of uh, what what the city's planning and when when they're planning to do it and and not just small contained groups that this really needs to be a more um, broad sharing of information of what's coming down, what's happening. Um, And so so everyone knows ahead of time, so I I don't understand why this was um, this meeting was last Thursday. Um, for uh, something you're voting on today, um, I understand there was some need to address the the Grayson Street um, that the, the lease terminates at, at the end of the year. That probably, I guess, is the explanation. But I also understood that there has been discussion since at least September about this. So um, I'm asking that that the neighbors of projects be be given um advanced warning and or advanced knowledge of, of what's coming down just so just so we all know um what what the city's planning and again I, I am very supportive and very happy to see the city of berkeley actively trying to get unhoused members of our community housed that is not the issue so um i hope you hear what i'm saying and, and thank you for this time
0: janice ching is our next speaker
46: good evening thank you Um, I want to echo what Christopher just said. Um, If the city had reached out to the neighborhood earlier, um, they could have addressed some of the concerns that the neighbors had in advance and to alleviate a lot of the, um, you know, the anxiety and the fear and everything that's being said about what's going into the area. Um, I I do think that you get better support from the neighborhood if you um, reach out to them in advance. I also wanted to speak about item 10, and um, I hope that when it comes back in January that you will consider um, eliminating the fee option because having the units included in every building that is built is the only way to meet our RENA goals. I'm very concerned that we're gonna miss our RENA goals. And one of the ways to do it is to have the inclusionary housing because if you look at the the, the math um, on the 19,000 units that is being proposed to be built, uh, 20% of that would meet arena goals for the low and very low income. I also hope that this will give you guys a chance to take a closer look at the fiscal impacts of this, um, uh, you know, the, the amendments, because I don't think that the fiscal impact statement um, captures all of the changes that are going to happen with this, and there's no reason why developers should get a (laughs) 16.2% in fees. Um, You shouldn't be setting the fees at the 2020 levels when um, this is gonna go into effect in 2023. You're giving up um, money that could be used to build the affordable units. So I hope you'll take a look at the letter I sent this morning and um, consider these facts. Thank you.
0: Okay, we'll go to the speakers in the boardroom. If, uh, if somebody would like to speak who's president in the boardroom at 1231 addison please come forward
39: harold marasovic uh to my friends tony Mester, merle siegel chris kroll and uh Janice ching uh, I, I understand your comments about the uh inclusion of the community members and hopefully that can be made available in the future uh, but 1720 san pablo avenue is an absolute necessity uh, there was no other location uh, similar to the current location at 742 Grayson Street for Dorothy Day House to move the persons to. Let's remember that the people that are at Horizon. Uh, are primarily persons who used to be unhoused by the freeway and that is now cleared Um, the uh, using these hotels motels and again there was no alternative location similar to Grayson is is really a excellent model people have their uh, their own rooms with their own bathrooms it moves the transitions them into a, a good place Uh I hope can only hope with the unfortunate impending departure of deputy city manager, Buddenhagen uh, that there will still be a continued effort from the city manager's office to try to identify a location for an RV lot. Uh, it, it is a good and without the RV lot, people are gonna be moving back on the streets, but we know the city has tried, we know land is limited, but please keep a commitment to continue to seek something. Uh, as I earlier mentioned, if you do have another lot. there should be uh, mandatory fire extinguishers uh, uh, inspections and smoke alarms. Uh, just quickly, as far as the Office of Racial Equity, great idea. Hope that, you know, that we look at our current providers, that we move, streamline this as much as possible and don't spend years with consultants, uh, that uh, domestic violence be included with domestic violence projection services, are uh, formerly incarcerated, uh, need these programs, but employment is critical for our formerly incarcerated, for our unhoused, and for just about everybody in our community. And right now, our mental health crisis response is... Only the police. Thank you.
0: Okay, are there any other speakers in the boardroom who wish to speak on the consent calendar?
47: Hi, my name is Moses Abogosh. I own Cafe Lela down the street on 1724 San Pablo Avenue. If you notice my ear, my eye, my back, a homeless guy came in and stabbed me in the face, took my ear off, stabbed me in the back, and then I had seven operations on my eye. I'm half blind in my eye. Two days ago, a homeless guy walked into a place with a knife, butcher a nine-year-old and a 25-year-old. This is a matter of time before that's going to happen to us. We had to close our restaurants at 3 o'clock now because of safety issue. Half my employees don't want to work because it's completely unsafe. So we have 17 employees that have been with me for 11 years or more. We've been in this neighborhood for 17 years. We took care of our neighbors. We did everything we can to make this place for them a home, and we love them and love us. They are my family. And we want to continue being there, but we want to be safe. We want my employees to be safe. We want our neighbor to be safe. And it's completely crazy that they're going to do this. Since they start doing that, nothing but trouble my place got broken into seven times our tip jar get, get stolen almost every single day people every single day we have problem with them we stop calling the police because it's endless my tables get broken everything got broken my customer get harassed every single day the, the other thing the most important thing also the family who lived in the hotel that they've been in the hotel for several years working 24-hour shift one shift 24 hours and now they're on the street nobody's helping them two kids and a husband and wife they're by themselves now. She's crying every single day. I talked to her before I came here. She looks depressed. The husband looks depressed. They have nowhere to go. They want to go all the way in Richmond, one room for four people because they've been staying in the hotel for a couple of dollars and they work 24 hours. They get up in the middle of the night and I think it's highly illegal. And we, to reward the owner, we're going to give them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Here, on hundreds of thousands of dollars, even though he had four people in one room paying him one salary, working 24-7. So I just... Before we even reward this person, before we even go there, we just want to be safe. I don't mind having neighbors there, but we have a lot of homeless people come in, and they're wonderful. But we, we're not qualified to deal with drug addicts and people with health with health, with mental issues. We're not qualified to do that. They're not doing anything about it. So please, just give us some safety, keep us alive, and then help the family that almost on the street. We're taking something beautiful and breaking it. We want to help the broken stuff, but why should we break something? It's already it's already there. We shouldn't break them. We should help them. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Are there any other speakers in the boardroom who have not spoken who would like to speak on a consent item? Please come forward. Good evening.
48: I'm Ben Mohammed. I have been I haven't been to council meeting for decades. Things have changed, really. (laughs) You are more tamed, you guys, which is good. (laughs) Um, uh, Housing is a right, really. And I believe in that and we should all believe in it. You you are not a human being if you don't wanna see everyone, you know, housed and having food and, but the case here with uh, 1720 San Pablo, uh, if you remember in the 70s and 80s, that corridor on San Pablo from Cedar all the way to Ashby was a prostitute uh, corridor. And the police took them a long time to clear that area. And then, and it was a disaster. We were even afraid, uh, I mean, with our children to walk on San Pablo because there wasn't just prostitutes, there were name it, everything else. Okay, so that starts taking shape, and the city had planned for all that corridor. But things are changing. According to your or numbers by the city manager, you have 85% mental health of the people who are sheltered, and then 66% substance use condition. Putting these people in that in that uh, hotel or inn, that's that's a problem. It's going to create many many problems. And I see in your item six, third paragraph, you talk about health, mental health. So on one hand you are trying to deal with it, on the other hand, you are creating a problem. And what the gentleman said is is correct. You know, I know from personal experience that the police hands are tight. We have people who create problems on university in San Pablo. The police came, and they cannot do anything. This is the law. We know from I know from personal experience that the housing authority for Section 8 have their hands tied because of the political pressure. They cannot even implement the laws that you have for them, the housing authority. And at one point, they get tired of it. They say, sorry, we cannot. We cannot do much. Our hands are tied. You know, It's good. We need to protect people. We need to offer them housing. But don't put these people together. It's a disaster. I mean, you gave them money. You gave them money to get out of that uh, Gilman area. What happened? They took the money and uh, some other people came back. There are people coming to Berkeley because they know they can get away with so many things. Thank you, sir, for your comments. Thank you. I think we have one additional uh, in-person speaker.
16: Thank you. Um I wanted to congratulate Berkeley for for trying to hammer out these issues because they're tough issues and what you saw from these speakers are people are really grappling with the reality of of what's happening out there. It's a tough situation. I want to give you a little bit of perspective of what's happening across the Bay in Marin County, because I think it's relevant in light of what Gavin Newsom is planning with care courts. And I think it's why you're, you know, I I don't want to call them experiments in a derogatory way, but I think you guys are are trying to experiment with things that will work like a place for RVs and places for cars to be. Um, In Marin County, in San Rafael, uh the the city created a homeless internment camp that was run by the police it was located underneath a freeway um and it was a majority black and latino population uh they were forced to inhale horrible fumes uh this went on for over a year despite uh, my going to every city council meeting and almost every board of supervisors meeting to complain uh the the people who were kept there uh, some of them were veterans black veterans um Many of them had been uh, racially discriminated against in the county. They were from the county Uh, and um, they finally shut it down and they didn't have anywhere for people to go. So the people were just dispersed back onto the street. But in the meantime, because this internment camp had no bathrooms, no hot or cold running water. It had no emergency medical equipment, which is how a a 65 year old woman who had been a resident there died on December 9th in 2021. Um, This was an, uh, you know, people got really sick. On top of the noise, the, the decibel level there was over 90. Most of the time, it was insane. People are now hard of hearing who were kept there and people were kept there for a very long time. So I understand that this is difficult And my heart goes out to the people who spoke and, and to the people who are unhoused, but I congratulate you for grappling with this because it's, it's not easy, but it's what you're doing. You're trying to do it right. Thank you.
0: Are there any other attendees in the boardroom that wish to speak? Uh,
1: Everybody's already spoken
0: sir you we you only speak once thank you for your comments we need to proceed with our business thank no, you for your comments this is just sir, you're out of order you spoke thank you for your comments are there is there anyone who has not spoken who uh would like to address the consent calendar
1: no no further speakers
0: okay thank you so bring it back to the council for discussion and action on the consent calendar and um i just want to just make a few comments and then I want to go to Councilor Kessarwane. I know that we're joined by Peter Radu from the city manager's office also. Um, uh, One of the issues with this particular lease is that the lease was not finalized up up until very recently due to um, retracted negotiations with the property owner. Um, And so we couldn't have a community meeting about a potential um, uh, lease because we didn't know that the lease was final. So I just want to provide that context. Once we knew the lease is final, efforts were made to notify the neighbors and to get input on um, on that particular lease. And I think you have our 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 strong commitment that we will make sure that lines of communication are open with the operator um, and with the community to address any issues, as well as address the broader safety issues on that corridor. But I just want to just clarify that we, we have been working earnestly to find a location for the people that have been sheltering at 742 Grayson, many of whom lived at the freeway at university and interstate 80, which I think everyone agree was an even worse situation a more unsafe situation. Um, and unfortunately, this was a short term housing situation because the owner um, is, is going to be redeveloping their property. So we needed to find other locations. We are also continuing to work earnestly to find a additional safe parking site. Um, so um we did not know that that lease terms were agreed upon and the lease was finalized until very recently so i just wanted to provide that context to neighbors around why the notification happened most most recently this is on an agenda we have heard your your perspective we will work to address these issues but at the end of the day um i'm mindful that it's christmas time and um, I really call on our community to really exercise compassion um, for the neediest people in our community. Um, unfortunately, that I recognize that the homekey site is within a few blocks of this particular area. Um, but this is that this is the best opportunity we have to provide immediate shelter for people who will be homeless in a few weeks if we don't figure out a solution. And so we're committed to working to make sure that there's a point of contact, there are lines of communication, we can address the broader safety issues in the corridor. And um, ultimately, if we are truly committed to ending homelessness, um, we need to be compassionate and open-minded and open-hearted to having locations for people to shelter. Having people off the street rather than on the street will be better to address the safety issues um, that people have experienced on the San Pablo Corridor. And I think we'll address what I've heard overwhelmingly from the people of Berkeley, which is we need to find places for people to live, to not have people on the street. So with that, I'd like to now uh, recognize Councilmember Keserwani. Uh,
3: thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. And thank you to everybody who provided public comment on the consent calendar. I do want to address item number one, which is entering into the lease uh, with Berkeley Inn. This is the 27 room hotel located at 720 San Pablo Avenue. As the mayor noted, this will allow 27 people who are currently homeless and currently staying at the Grayson facility to remain inside. If we do not enter into this lease tonight, uh, these 27 people will have nowhere to go. And and we know what will happen. They will be unsheltered most likely in West Berkeley in this neighborhood where we are trying to enter into this lease. and I. Will submit that having 27 people unsheltered in our commercial and residential neighborhoods is a far worse outcome than um, than than um, than entering into this lease and allowing people to be inside in these motel rooms, um, which we know people are more likely uh, to take up than congregate shelter options. Um, And I do want to just be really clear that the Grayson's shelter is scheduled to close by the end of this month. The city is not able to further extend the lease. So that's, that's why this item is coming to us as an urgency ordinance. And there was a question about staffing. The Berkeley Inn will be staffed by Dorothy Dayhouse. That's what item number two is about. And there will be three staff members on site during the day and two people on site overnight. The Golden Bear Inn is a different type of model. It's not a transitional shelter. It's a it's a permanent supportive housing site. And that is also seeing people move in this month. And it's at the corner of Cedar and San Pablo at 1620 San Pablo Avenue. It will be operated by Bay Area Community Services, which is another nonprofit homeless services provider. And I just want to be clear that we are not locating these two sites here by design. This is happening because opportunity sites for homeless shelters and homeless housing are extremely limited. Our city staff, as the, as item number one notes, conducted an exhaustive search of city facilities and ultimately they were not able to identify a viable facility and so the Berkeley Inn is really our only option here to be able to house these 27 people. And the city also has a lease w- uh, with the roadway in on University Avenue. So th- so we are looking at other locations, but but you know, this is very difficult, very limited, and not all motel owners want to. Enter into this kind of lease, and so the city has to go where there is an opportunity, and and so there happens to be an opportunity here, um, at 1720 San Pablo Avenue. And you know, as the mayor noted, we could not hold a community meeting before this lease was finalized because I didn't think it would be appropriate to inform the community about something that may not have happened. And I want to thank our city staff for working really hard. To help us finalize this lease, because without it, uh, again, we would have 27 people unhoused, most likely in West Berkeley. Um, next, I and, and thank you, Council, for indulging me, because I, I do want to say that we are fighting for resources for the San Pablo corridor, and and it's not the case that that uh, we are we are not pushing for as many resources as we can. My my colleague, council member Taplin, who has the honor of also representing the San Pablo corridor with me, we we are working together and, and our city has secured a $750,000 grant from the Metropolitan Transportation Commission to begin developing a master plan for the corridor. And some of what I've heard in emails to the council is a concern for Uh, The retail sector on the corridor and what we are going to do with these funds, a component of this is related to economic development and supporting small business recruitment and retention. So this is very much on our radar And, and we have this grant has been in process for some time and we really hope to make a great deal of progress and hopefully we can transfer the the lessons learned about supporting small businesses to other commercial corridors. So that's 750,000 that we're gonna be investing in this corridor. I also wanna note that Caltrans and the Alameda County Transportation Commission are in the process of making safety improvements for bicyclists and pedestrians on this corridor. We have the Hawk Beacon Lights at Virginia and Hearst that have been installed and we will see them activated uh, by the end of January. Um, And then finally, I do want to just note safety and I want to thank Moses for being at the council meeting in the chambers, Um, you know, Cafe Layla is an, to me, it's an anchor business of this neighborhood and of this corridor and and we want you, uh, Moses and your employees, we want everyone to feel safe. And I think that there is room, obviously there's room for improvement in terms of safety on this block and the 1600 block of San Pablo Avenue. And so I just want to let you know that my office has prepared a council item that we'll be submitting later this month. We've talked to the city manager about this and we're gonna be requesting a security assessment of both blocks to be conducted within two months um, so that we can have our our police department look at, at these two blocks and we will have another community meeting soon to hear your about your specific security concerns. And then we will implement safety improvements on these two blocks. That's the the purpose and plan for that council item that I will introduce separately uh, because uh, we're talking about the lease item tonight. And so we're not gonna introduce a separate item, but I I want you to know that the security of the corridor is very much on my radar. Um, And then finally, uh, Moses brought up a family who is currently residing at the Berkeley Inn. And so, Mr. Redu, I see you're on the call. Can you give us the latest update of, of the information that the city has about this family?
9: Uh, thank you, council member. Um, good evening, council. Peter Redu, assistant to the city manager. Uh, yes, it's uh, my understanding that earlier today uh, the family was able to sign a lease uh, and that they will be voluntarily relocating to other permanent housing um, by the time the city assumes the premises. Um, and so um uh, you know it, 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 and and it, it, they they certainly will not be returning to the streets if that's the case.
3: Okay, thank you very much Mr. Radu. Uh, that's all I have. Thank you very much for for allowing me to make those lengthy comments. Oh, Mr. Mayor, you you were muted just then.
0: Council member Taplin.
36: Thank you. Um on items one and two, I want to thank City Staff and City Manager, as well as Bax and Dorothy Day. I also want to commend Councilmember Kesherwani for her leadership. Um, we share West Berkeley, and I look very, I very much look forward to working with you, Councilmember Kesherwani, to move this on Haddle Avenue plan forward. On item six, I want to thank my co-sponsors, Vice Mayor Harrison, Councilmember Hahn, and Councilmember Robinson, as well as the Health and Life Management Committee. <clears throat> Um, Dr. Varhus from HHCS and uh, many community members who offered uh, their time and their insight um, to help improve and support this item. Thank you very much.
15: Vice oh, Mayor Harrison.
36: My, my apologies. I also wanna uh, really acknowledge and thank the Reimagine Community Task Force Committee. Uh, Reimagine Community Safety Task Force, there you go. Thanks. Thank you. Vice Mayor uh...
31: Harrison. Yeah, um, I, my thanks go out to Councilmember Taplin for this um, item on trying to deal with people who are coming out of the criminal justice system. When I worked in the court system, AB 109 was passed, reimagining criminal justice, and different counties reacted to that differently. I felt San Francisco did a very good job of providing housing and job services. Uh, places like Fresno just built jails, <laughs> anticipating they would just re-incarcerate people at a local level. Alameda County has had sort of a mixed record. I'm a bit disappointed in our county. Um, the report goes into some length about the job programs that are, are have been attempted to be offered there. And I would encourage the city uh, management to continue to look at job opportunities within our city for people that are that are re-entering. I appreciate uh, Ms. Hamburger particularly mentioning firefighters who have worked through the criminal justice system on fighting fires for decades. These are not scary people. They have done their time, they're out of jail, they need our support. And I, I just really think that without purpose and work, people will end up returning to the streets, into the system. So I really hope that we'll focus a lot on this job piece. Um, I want to say on number 10, thank you to, um, uh, JORDAN KLEIN FOR PULLING THE ITEM, I KNOW THESE HAD A LOT OF COMMUNICATION WITH DIFFERENT COUNCIL MEMBERS ABOUT um, ISSUES, MY PRIMARY ISSUE HAS TO DO WITH the, um, THE the STEEP DISCOUNTING OF THE FEE IN PARTICULAR BECAUSE I'M CONCERNED THAT WE WILL UPSET THE BALANCE THAT WAS FOUND IN THE OLD NEXUS STUDY BETWEEN THE percent of UNITS AND THE FEE WHICH WERE CAREFULLY CALCULATED TOGETHER. If WE DISCOUNT THE FEE TOO MUCH, PEOPLE WILL PAY THE FEE EVEN MORE THAN THEY DO NOW RATHER THAN BUILDING THE INCLUSIONARY HOUSING. And when that happens, we have lengthy delays in us being able to purchase land, build housing, etc. And we also don't have housing that's evenly distributed throughout our city. We care about fair housing. We want affordable housing in all of these buildings, not just in certain neighborhoods where we're able to buy land. So I hope that this fee issue will be looked at more carefully, especially vis-a-vis the percent requirement for units within the buildings. Um, So thank you for um, giving us a little more time to work on that. Thank you very much.
0: Councilmember Han turn on your mic
34: thank you thank you very much I I wanted to just start by uh, thanking uh, Peter Radu and his associates for the exhaustive work that they have done to try to find a location for folks who are no longer going to be able to stay at the Horizon um, location. I I also want to thank the uh, landlords who let us uh, have that Horizon shelter for so long. And it's been extended a couple of times, which has been a great thing. But we always knew that it was going to be for a limited amount of time. And finding alternatives has been really extremely difficult. And I, I know how much work our staff has done and how deeply committed they are to finding shelter for the folks who are at the horizon uh, location. And I know that they're working diligently as well to try and see if we can figure out something for the, the folks who are in RVs and, and other vehicles at that location. But I don't know I don't think the public is is able to really comprehend um how little land and opportunity we have for shelters and for housing people who are homeless yet it is the only solution that we have to the terrible human rights catastrophe of homelessness and the impacts that that catastrophe has on everyone in our community, not just the homeless, but but those who are privileged to be housed. And so I, I just wanna commend them for their, their persistence and diligence and the huge amount of time and effort that has gone into this. Um, I'm also um, very happy to see the extension at the Horizon Shelter for the Safe RV Program. Operations Um, and I want to also thank Councilmember Taplin for item 6, the office of racial equity, reentry employment and guaranteed income. Um, It's a really important piece of work that we should be doing here in Berkeley really appreciate your introducing this, including me as a co-sponsor and it was really, um, I think, a great process In the health and life enrichment committee. To work with and engage staff, and and arrive at something that actually uh, has a has a good chance of being implemented. So, I want to thank you and thank staff for their help with that.
0: I move and the that's consent it. calendar amended. Is there a second?
16: Excuse me. Second.
0: I was moving the consent calendar. We need to act on the consent calendar. Um, okay. See no additional raised hands. I'll ask the clerk to please call the roll.
1: Okay. To approve the consent calendar, Councilmember Member Kessarwani.
0: Yes.
1: Taplin. Yes. Bartlett. Yes. Harrison. Yes. Hahn. Yes. Lengraf. Yes. Robinson. Yes. Drosti. Yes. And Mary Aragon.
0: Yes. Okay. Motion carries. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. We need to take a 10 minute captioner a break. Um, so we'll be back at. 857. Thank you very much.
3: Recording stopped.
0: Okay, it is eight fifty-seven p.m. Our ten-minute break has elapsed. If the city council members who are in the boardroom can please rejoin us,
3: recording in progress
0: and if the members of the council on Zoom can also rejoin us, thank you. Okay, we do have a quorum present. So when I proceed to the action calendar, the first item <clears throat> is a presentation from our Berkeley Police Department on the department's efforts related to improving hate crimes reporting. And this is in response to a city council referral. And so I now like to um, turn the meeting over to our uh, interim chief of police, Jennifer Lewis. I believe um, will be um, kicking off the presentation.
22: Good evening, uh, Mr. Mayor and Council. Uh, I believe Captain Montgomery, who is also a panelist, will be sharing, screen sharing, share the presentation. Um, Captain Montgomery, if you're on, can you please go ahead and share that now? So I wanted to thank uh, um, the Mayor and Council for the opportunity this evening to provide a presentation on our information item um, that we submitted to Council. Um, I will give some brief comments over to Lieutenant Melanie Turner, who is our departmental lead on this uh, referral item. After the presentation is complete, we'll be happy to answer any questions that council has. Uh, next slide, please. So in November of 2020, the mayor and council recommended that city staff review our current policies for reporting and responding to hate crimes in our city, um, both hate crimes and hate incidents. Uh, BPD recognizing that there was a great deal of that work fell into our responsibility of our department. To ensure that all the various stakeholders that were responsible for efforts um, around this referral, collaborated, worked together, talked about um, um, efforts that were in play um, and and, and talked about how we could continue to work together on those items. Um, Those meetings included uh, um, representation from IT, Berkeley Mental Health, um, Police Accountability Board. Um, So it was was extremely meaningful for us uh, to be able to engage in this work with community stakeholders. Um, you know, very much prescribing to the understanding and, and deep seated belief that hate has no place in our city um, and that our community is stronger when we come together and work together in order to address um, both what our community is experiencing, what nationwide is being experienced, uh, but really come together and, and determine how we can um, work uh, to address not only incidents occurring, but how we, we follow up and. Uh, report on them, and and ensure that community members that suffer from these instances um, are
3: Recording what we in progress in the last
49: two years is a significant increase in reported hate crimes. With this data, it can help us understand the overall problem and we can start to identify if crimes are rising, if people are more comfortable with coming forward to report being a victim, or if it's a combination of both. Next slide, please. This chart shows hate crimes that occurred in our city over the last six years. The more recent incidents are marked by the darker points you'll see that there has been an increase in crimes reported downtown. Next slide. This pie chart shows our reported hate crimes over the last six years and the breakdown of targeted groups. Each of the last three years has been completely different in terms of who has been targeted. The most common hate bias motivation in 2020 was anti-black crime at 25%. In 2021, it was anti-Asian crime at 27%. And this year so far, it has been anti LGBTQ crime at 33%. Anti Jewish crime also spiked in 2021. Next slide. We connected with our city partners to identify our respective responsibilities. We know that responding as a community to hate crimes and hate incidents overall supports overall community health and better supports victims of these kinds of crimes. These are the referral items that were the responsibility of BPD, and I'll go through each of these now. Next slide, please. BPD will continue to build relationships with at-risk communities to support and engage with them. We currently connect with our at-risk communities through various avenues, including our community services bureau, our school resource officer, regular calls for service, partnerships with community groups, community events, and relationships with our faith-based groups. The next phase of our work will be to identify additional partnerships with religious leaders, community service providers, and groups which have disproportionately been targets of hate crimes and hate incidents. Next slide, please. BPD's in-person response to hate crimes and hate incidents is a top priority. We are focused on service and intervention. Online reporting reduces our ability to apprehend offenders, make arrests, provide mental health support to victims and witnesses, collect evidence, obtain statements or secure a crime scene and we want to continue to offer these services to our community. BPD launched a public information video to coincide with Anti-Hate Week in November of 2021. The video was done in partnership with Mayor Ergain and the PAB. We will annually recognize Anti-Hate Week through our social media outreach and we will soon be launching our public information video in different languages. BPD also connected with the staff at the Berkeley Unified School District and UC Police Department. BUSD was working on a new policy around their response to hate crimes and they will connect with BPD to help educate staff about responding to hate crimes in the future. Through our work on this item, we identified the Alameda County DA's office hate crime hotline as a viable option. The hotline provides services in multiple languages. Victims and witnesses are encouraged to call this line. The DA's office checks this line daily and reaches out to people within 24 hours. Our residents can also utilize 911, 311 and our non-emergency services. Our BPD data team developed the transparency hub, which provides public information on hate crimes. State law is changing next year to require that departments post this information online and our existing transparency hub will continue to provide up-to-date information. We researched the state laws surrounding hate crimes against persons that are unhoused and reached out to our county DA's office about this topic. The penal code does not currently include protection for our unhoused population, but there are conversations happening statewide about uh, expanding protection for this group. Uh, this referral item will be ongoing as these conversations can inti- continue to happen. We also capture data when our unhoused population, our victims, our crime victims or involved in incidents so that we can better understand and respond with appropriate services. We also connected with our regional partners at the San Francisco police department and the Oakland police department. As we know, they have also experienced an overall increase in hate crimes. We will continue to stay engaged with this important topic and look for ways that we can improve our response and reporting. And finally, uh, PAB reviewed uh, BPD policy 319 in the summer of 2022. Several stakeholders will be exploring development of a campaign to promote outreach, education, and dialogue regarding bullying, hate incidents, and hate crimes. Thank you very much. That's the end of our presentation.
0: Thank you so very much. Um, I really appreciate all the work that the Berkeley Police Department has done in response to this, uh, this referral and just the work that you do ongoing to respond to hate crimes and hate incidents and just distinguish between... The two I mean the hate crimes is an actual crime, a threat to a person assault, but we are also seeing um, an increase of hate incidents. Uh, People make statements or engage in actions that um, are hateful and discriminatory against people um, in our community. And there's no doubt that we've seen an increase certainly in the last five, five, six years of hate crimes and hate incidents in the city of Berkeley. So um I really appreciate all the work that's been done and um <clears throat> just a few kind of thoughts. Um first, um you, you talked about the Alameda County District Attorney Hate Crime Hotline. Um I think that there's probably more that we need to do with the district attorney's office um to to promote that in the community. Um that may be some that may be a public information part of a public information campaign that we can be engaged in, so people know who to contact Um, uh, sort of in lieu of having our own sort of reporting system. I think lifting up and really highlighting that resource, I think, is something that could really be beneficial Um, uh, as as the work is ongoing. um, You know, really identifying to for the decision makers, what additional resources could be allocated to improve our ability to respond um to to hate crimes and hate incidents and support victims is something that you know I think we'd be very interested in hearing about um and I do agree that providing an in-person response is extremely important and so to that end the more that we can sort of lift up existing resources that are available for people to report these incidents the better obviously if something happens the first point of contact is the police the police department um if it's um an actual crime or violent crime Calling 911. Um, if it's not, then calling the non emergency number. Um, but the Alameda County um, hotline does provide an additional resource. And I'm glad that we're those, I believe those calls are being forwarded to BPD to follow up on. Um, I know that there's already a policy, um, a general order around sort of not discriminating against people based on their housing status. So that's already existing departmental policy. Um, and um, uh, uh, while this person's housing status is not technically a protected class currently in California. So we're not really tracking that. I think there's probably information we do get. Um, uh, I'll also note that some people that are committing hate crimes or hate incidents are um, unhoused as well. Um, so uh, I, I think our existing policy, the implementation of our existing policy is extremely important. And I want to continue to strongly encourage and emphasize that, because it clearly does say that you know we're not we are not to discriminate against somebody's housing status. Um, uh, So I guess two takeaways are one, um, thinking about how we can more broadly communicate what people should do, um, who to call, um, and and two, you know, uh, maybe that could be a, a sort of a follow up public information campaign. So I look forward to. Discussing further with the the interim chief and department and city manager about how we can build on this and maybe more broadly inform and communicate people, um, about what to do. But, um, I think. Uh, making sure that we have the capacity to respond quickly to provide support, um, and to strongly condemn these hate incidents from happening, I think is extremely important for for people in our community. Whether it's our Jewish community that's been targeted with the rise of anti-Semitism our LGBTQ community, our African American community, our Asian community, um, you know, hate has no place in our city. And uh, uh appreciate the focus and look forward to continue to work to, to advance the work that this referral um, has launched. So we'll go next to Vice Mayor Harrison.
31: I'M SORRY I MISSED YOUR RANK, MS. TURNER. I WANT TO CALL YOU LIEUTENANT, BUT I DIDN'T KNOW IF THAT WAS CORRECT.
49: Oh YES, IT'S LIEUTENANT.
31: THANK YOU. THANK YOU, LIEUTENANT TURNER. Um, I DID HAVE A QUESTION also ABOUT THE um, UNHOUSED INDIVIDUALS. Um, WHILE I KNOW THE STATE HAS NOT MOVED AHEAD WITH TRACKING THAT, I BELIEVE THAT YOUR CRIME REPORTS DO INDICATE YOUR BEST UNDERSTANDING WHETHER SOMEONE IS HOUSED OR UNHOUSED, CORRECT? SO YOU KNOW THEIR STATUS, BUT YOU JUST DON'T KNOW IF THE CRIME WAS COMMITTED AGAINST THEM FOR THAT REASON. Um, But that's true also when there's a crime committed against, for example, an African American person. It's the other evidence surrounding it that lets you determine whether it might have been a hate crime. So I think we could still do some work on this in the sense of if people are saying, um, you know, I hate homeless people. I don't know what they would be saying exactly, that that would be something we would note as part of the report. So I'd, I'd ask you to just look at that again. It doesn't have to be so formalized, but just something I'd be interested in knowing more about whether there are attacks on people for that reason.
22: Yeah, that's absolutely, uh, correct, Vice Mayor. We, we do collect that. The way that would be documented was an officer would handle that report and would document um, anything that led us to believe it was targeted as a result of their homeless or their unhoused status. Um, And so we do capture that data currently. We've been capturing that for, I think, about a year and a half now.
31: Any trends in that area,
22: or does that not come up really as an issue? Um, There's there's some different trends we've seen, um, and we capture, again, it's we capture when we understand that it's connected to that. I don't have the data in front of me about how often um, it's targeted specifically because of their status, but we do have information and data that I can provide to council about um, how many calls for service are connected TO PEOPLE WHO ARE IDENTIFIED AS THAT that CATEGORY, Um, AND YOU CAN ALSO SEE THAT INFORMATION LIVE ON OUR TRANSPARENCY HUB, BUT IT MAY NOT BE AS um, NUANCED AS I THINK REALLY WOULD BE USEFUL FOR THIS CONVERSATION, SO WE'LL TAKE A LOOK AT IT AND uh, PROVIDE SOME UPDATED INFORMATION FOR COUNCIL.
31: THANK YOU, CHIEF. I APPRECIATE THAT. AND THEN um, DO YOU HAVE AN IDEA OF THE TIMING, YOU'RE SAYING that IN THE REPORT THAT YOU'RE LOOKING AT EMERGENCY, EMERGING POLICIES AND BEST PRACTICES IN OTHER CITIES, YOU'RE STILL WORKING ON THAT? Did you did you get any insights from other places, models that you liked, or things that you thought were notable?
49: You know, um, we're really in, uh, doing work that's in line with what other agencies are doing. Um, there was nothing that that was far from what we we presented here today. But we're looking we're looking and, and paying attention to to how people are responding and what their policies are, and making sure that we're uh, we're up to date and doing best practices.
31: Well, thank you, Lieutenant, and thank you, Chief. And I'm sorry that you have to work on such a sad topic. Um, We're just a reflection of the country and what's happening nationally. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. We'll go next to Council Member Yeah,
32: thank you very much for the report. Um, In are you collecting data about the different sectors of our society that are being targeted and and following trends and and are there? How do Berkeley's trends compare to the national trends in terms of the groups that are being targeted?
22: I can I can grab that answer. So um, we have seen um, a change over the last couple of years and Lieutenant Turner talked about this, about the the, the groups um, that were most affected by hate incidents Um, and um, Sometimes we don't know for sure whether that's driven by um, improvements in um, quality of reporting um, and and people's security around reporting and being able to report um, or media attention that drives people to understand they need to report um, certain types of crimes more or people that um, maybe have become more interested in reporting. Uh, So uh, what we do know is that for the most part, our data trends along with what's happening nationally Um, both in the overall number and the categories numbers. Um, but what exactly that means still, I think is, you know, we're early in this sort of detailed data collection that we're doing with our transparency hub to draw any real, be able to draw like really distinct conclusions at this point.
32: Okay. And, um, will we be able to get that data at some point when you're, um, is there, is there a point at which, you'll be able to publish all of this data and let us know what the results are
22: uh, I think what I'm hearing is that there's a desire to maybe drill down a little bit deeper into the data that we have on our transparency hub um, so we can act I can absolutely ask the team to start to um, produce uh, more detailed reporting on the hub so we can take that information and, and, and kind of understand that and then we can pull that together and um, I'm happy to report you know, you know both uh, at our annual crime report. Um, and make sure it's also clear regularly our, our transparency hub updates um, in almost real time. It's very, very quickly updates. Um, so we'll try to get some information out there that the public can see rapidly and then really do a wrap up summary and talk about national trends and and lessons learned when we come into our annual reports. Wonderful. Great. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much. We'll go next to Councilman. Rahan
34: yes thank you thank you so much for this report i think i'm the one who pulled this saying that i'd love to actually give you the opportunity to share the good work that you've been doing and so i really appreciate
0: in addition to myself we were hoping to have this presented during united against hate week but unfortunately given the length of the agenda we weren't able to do so but i felt also felt it was important that that we get this information
34: right so um anyway, I just wanted to thank you for the, you know, first of all, for the work that you're doing and then for the work of presenting it to us. Um, I had a couple of questions. Um, the slides that you showed aren't numbered, but for the, the third page, not counting the cover sheet and it it starts with a it's a bar graph and then the fourth page is a map and the fifth page is a little pie chart. Those three pages they say uh, reported hate crimes, Um, and I just wondered, are these numbers for just crimes, hate crimes, or is this an aggregate of both the hate crimes and the hate incidents, the numbers that you're showing?
49: Those are the uh, hate crimes.
34: Just the crimes. So not, not all the other reports that you may have had of, um, an action or behavior motivated by hate that doesn't reach the level of a crime?
49: Right, those are just the hate crimes.
34: Okay, that's disturbing because the numbers are pretty high. Um, I was also curious about the fact, I mean, I think we all felt during the Trump years, which would have been, you know, 2016 through 2020, that um, we, we, ex- we saw, I think we all experienced um, a real surge nationwide in hate speech and in hate crimes. Yet our surge is shown in 2021 and 22, which is during the pandemic and post um, the Trump presidential years. I'm just curious if you think that is more about people... About in, improved reporting opportunities and um, the outreach that you've started doing, or if you think it reflects just a continuation, I, I just thought it was curious. Wondered if you had any insights.
22: Yeah, if, if I had to venture a guess, um, I think um, you're you're ex- exactly right about um, a change in our nation around sort of an acceptance of hate speech as as acceptable. Um, And that led to a rise. Um, I think that the lower pieces you see on the bar graph reflect in great part um, shelter in place and and people weren't out and about as much in our business districts um, and just out in general. And then I think it's a combination of um, an increase in the overall number of occurrences, but also in um, a really an awareness around it. And the first step is having an awareness around it um, and making it a safe space for people to report it so we can gather good data and information and then start to figure out how we can best serve those who are most affected by this.
34: Okay. Well, it's not, they're not very uh uplifting statistics, but your your work is really appreciated. And clearly we're just in time on improving our ability to receive these reports and respond to them so thank you
0: thank you are there any other questions or comments from members of the city council on this item if not we can take public comment on this item is there any attendee that wishes to speak on item seven if so please raise your hand is anyone present in the boardroom mr clerk
1: yes one speak.
0: okay yes uh, Ms. morosovic
39: yes sir. hi Um, so, I mean, our country has been so divisive and so full of hate and it's all so ugly. And we unfortunately see this, are going to see that our community is not immune, that we like to think Berkeley is, but it isn't. And so the answer is really in terms of, we know this exists, how are the remedies available? to the individuals that are impacted in the community, uh, as to the, and this is all hate crimes, it's all very, very horrible and ugly to know that this is going on in our midst. And this is clearly uh, an outlet for some people now who want to be divisive as opposed to being constructive for the for whatever reasons their frustration is coming from as to the unhoused this was a recommendation that came from the homeless commission uh, for uh, for the unhoused to be included in reporting in response and it is true that California is not one of the states unlike some states that has that by statute but just like any other people they are impacted by the crimes. And there is, uh, there are people that have disdain for the homeless, that blame all homeless for uh, separate incidents. I mean, earlier today, we heard people who clearly were impacted by an individual homeless person, and by violence, and who need better mental health resources in Berkeley. But are now associating that with all unhoused persons and to what degree does that t- have somebody else take that on to engage in a hate crime against all of the unhoused unhoused are more likely to be victims than to be predators and uh i just want to end on the point that uh we don't know what sort of outreach has gone on, it sounds like the police department is doing a good job to make persons who are on house that are victims of hate crimes know that there are remedies available to them, that they can report these types of crimes and threats on them. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. We'll go next to Andrea. Um.
50: Uh... Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, You know, I appreciate the conversation. And, you know, I'm certainly against racial violence or class-based violence or gender-based violence. But I have to say, when I hear folks saying there's no place in our city for hate, oh, there's a place. It resides among us. It's here. And I, you know, and I have to say, It feels a bit hypocritical to to hear all these statistics and stuff and not to feel as though the city is actually trying to get at what resides within the police department itself. The racist text messages, the the predatory policing that has occurred on our city streets. Is a form? Is that hate? Is that are those hate crimes? When when members of our police department have such little regard for some members of our community because of their race that they're easy they're easy prey that that the poor people they're easy marks that you can bump up your arrest statistics just by just by messing with them you don't have to make the case stick just arrest them so you know we'll cut them loose later are those hate crimes are those included in your accounts you know, I, I hope we can address these things really honestly. Because otherwise it all just sounds so hollow. Thank you for
18: hearing me.
0: We'll go next to Kathleen Crandall.
18: Uh, thank you, Mayor. It's um, slightly off the subject, but I do want to commend um, the police force. The, the shooting that happened on Oregon Street was in front of my house. And, and, um, and from what I understand of the situation, um, unmarked person was you know, a police officer was following the person that shot off the, the shots. That person could have easily have killed kids coming home from school, because I know what time they're walking. I had just come into my own home from walking. Um, so when that person shot off 22 shots, um, they shot him into the ground. They easily could have taken out property as well as, like I said, lots of people coming from the Berkeley bowl as well as children. So whatever um, your police officer did that day to, um, to deescalate, I really, really appreciate that. So um, that being said, um, I'm, I'm not an expert and, and I try to avoid talking in generalities, but I must say, the, um, when I see police officers walking on the street, being on bicycles, I, I feel safer. And, um, and I live in South Berkeley, so I, uh, I have no idea what the budget is or what what it means, but um, it feels more like they're a part of the community when, in fact, I, I see them outside of their cars. So um, uh, hopefully that uh, that could be helpful. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Are there any other attendees that wish to speak on item 7? If so, please raise your hand at this time. Okay, I don't see any additional raised hands, so I will bring it back to the city council for further discussion. And uh, once again, thank the our interim chief Jennifer Lewis and um, staff in the Berkeley police department for all your. Important work on this issue. It's councilman Hans said it's it's. It's unfortunate, but it's extremely important and. Um, Look to the opportunity to, to continue to work with the department on particularly on outreach and public information. So people know what resources are available. Thank you. Okay, with that, we'll proceed to the next agenda item, which is item eight, a public hearing on the renewal of the Elmwood bid for calendar year 2023. And I know we're joined by, um, I thought Ms. Hollander was here. Um, Yes, there you are, okay. Uh, Welcome, um, Eleanor Hollander, Economic Development Manager. Uh, I wanna turn the floor over to you if you have any comments before we open the public hearing.
18: Uh, Thank you, Mayor. We don't have any public comments and we haven't prepared a presentation, but we very much appreciate
42: the opportunity to have a public hearing on the Elmwood bid tonight.
0: Thank you. So we'll now open the public hearing on item eight, renewal of the Elmwood Avenue bid for calendar year 2023 is there any member of the public that wishes to address this item so please raise your hand i do not see any raised hands so um i'll ask if there are any further comments on item eight okay if not i'll make a motion to close the public hearing
41: Secondary.
0: seconded by Council member drossi thank you roll call please
1: councilmember keserwani yes Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. On, Yes. Wengraf? Yes. Robinson? Yes. Drosti? Yes. And Mayor Aragin?
0: Yes. Okay. Motion carries. Thank you. Um, so the item is now before us. Are there any questions or comments? I'd like to Give Councilor Drost the opportunity to make the motion on the on the item. Thank
37: you. Thank you. Oh. I did it again. Thank you so much. Um, I don't have any comments other than to thank the wonderful Office of Economic Development staff, of course, the uh, Elmwood business owners as well. Um, thank you for all your work, and I'd like to move this item. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Is there a second? Second by Councilor Wengraf. Thank you. Colleagues, any further questions or comments on this item? If not, I'd like to ask the city clerk to please call the roll on approving the staff recommendation.
1: Okay, and mayor, just for the record, I need to state that there yes. were no, thank you. No, no protests were submitted uh, for the renewal of the bid, and I will call the roll to approve. Councilmember Kesarwani, yes. Taplin, yes. Bartlett, yes. Harrison, yes. Hahn? yes. Wengraff? yes. Robinson, yes. Frosty, yes. And Mary. Yes. Motion carries.
0: Motion carries. Thank you. Okay, so when now proceed to our last action item, item nine adoption of the 2022 California Fire Code with local amendments. It's the second reading. We did have an extensive staff presentation when this last was before us. So I guess I'd like to ask um, uh, our fire department is there anything you'd like to add on this item tonight?
29: Mr Mayor and Council members, thank
5: you very much for your time this evening. Uh, I do not have any further amendments or information
0: for this item for you. Okay, thank you. Um, So I'd like to open the public hearing now on item nine and ask are there any members of the public that wish to speak on item nine, the adoption of the 2002 California Fire Code with local amendments? If so, please raise your hand. Okay, I don't see any raised hands on Zoom. Mr. Clerk, any speakers in the boardroom?
1: No speakers in the boardroom.
0: Okay, last call for public comment on item nine. Okay, seeing no additional raised hands, I'll move to close the public hearing. Second. Uh, roll call, please.
1: Councilmember Member Keserwani?
3: Yes.
1: Uh, Taplin? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Han. Yes. Wengraf, Yes. Robinson. Yes. Depp, Frosty. Yes. And Mayor Aragine.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. The public hearing is now closed. So I will uh recognize Councilmember Wengraf.
32: Yes, I'd like to move adoption of um the 2022 California Fire Code with local amendments.
0: That sounds seconded by Vice Mayor Harrison. Thank you. Okay. Any any questions or comments on the motion? If not, I'd like to ask the city clerk to please call the roll.
1: Okay. Councilmember Kiss Yes. Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett? Yes. Harrison? Yes. Han? Yes. Wengraf. Yes. Robinson? Yes. Droste. Yes. And Mayor Aragin?
0: Yes. Okay. That second reading is approved. Thank you very much. Um, that completes our agenda. Is there any public comment from anyone who did not previously speak during the initial public comment period? Uh, Kelly Hammergren, you should now be able to speak.
38: Um,
45: Thank you. Um, I really wanna thank the staff tonight for the way you set up the meeting um, because you activated live transcription and we had closed captioning and of course, Um, While I was trying to track uh, the council meeting, I was also glued to watching what happened with the election and I really appreciate that um, with a live transcription, I'm able to step away for a minute and then come back and read what people said. And so I just I just want to thank you for doing that tonight and I hope that we can do it in the future because the. the live transcription of the meeting is just such a pleasant resource, especially um, if um, if I get a track distracted for a minute or someone is distracted for a minute, you can um, follow what's been said the entire evening. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. Are there any other attendees who wish to speak on non-agenda matters who did not previously speak during the initial public comment period?
1: We have one speaker uh, here in the boardroom, Mayor. Okay, thank you, uh,
15: Tom Yamaguchi, District Two. I wanted to thank the mayor for that great uh, newsletter regarding uh, the city's efforts to uh, uh, on uh, on climate change, uh, especially uh, on assisting uh, residents to electrify our buildings. Uh, this past weekend, I uh, spent on Zoom uh, with the Citizens' Climate Lobby's uh, fall conference, and a lot of of information uh, uh, given there regarding the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, which is the most monumental uh, piece of federal legislation on climate change enacted. And a lot of it is uh, helping us as uh, as, uh, Americans to to electrify our our buildings through things like heat pumps and uh and insulation and solar rooftop so I mentioned this because uh it was mentioned that what we really need to do is get this information out to the American public to let them know this money exists that these this this climate legislation uh which is game to get us to 40 percent of the reduction greenhouse gases that'll get us to the 50% 50% that we've committed to the Paris Accord, that uh, that's not going to do any good if, if the money just sits there, and we don't use it. So I'm, I'm hoping that the city will get the word out and get uh, people to know that this money's available and to really get us on board and, and really uh, do this
0: electrification. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, any other speakers on Zoom or in the boardroom?
1: No more speakers in the boardroom.
0: Okay, with that, I'd like to move to adjourn, and I'd like to ask that we adjourn in honor of our outgoing colleague uh, Lori Drosti. Second. Okay, thank you, uh, Second. Mr. Clerk. Can you please call the roll?
1: Councilmember Keserwani. Yes. Kaplan? Yes. Bartlett. Yes. Harrison. Yes. Han. Yes. Wengraf. Yes. Robinson. Yes. Councilmember Lori Drosty yes and Mayor Aragine yes okay
0: okay with that we are adjourned Um, and once again um, our deepest thanks to you Councilmember Drosty and um, best wishes for the future
2: Recording.